Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of By the Numbers. I'm your host, Richard Lewis. Uh, joining me, as he always does, is Duncan Thorin Shields, rocking a Cloud9 top because he's obviously a fan of Cloud9 now, because uh, who wouldn't be? And uh, obviously, Sam is around pressing the buttons. Indeed. Quiet for me. But quiet, I don't man. know if that's me. Yeah, you, I don't you, know if you're fairly quiet. Yeah, yeah there you go. See, Duncan. I can turn you up. Position it. It's fine. There you go. Sorry, mate. This, this new mic world that we oh, live no. in, it's fucking, it's lame. It's not like, well, I miss my old Sam. I know the blaringly big... loud mic, whereas it was yeah, just always too loud, never too quiet. It was easier, like. Yeah, no, it was. You should uh, should get it done. Uh, but anyway, look, we'll we'll get the shout out to the sponsor out the way. I feel like uh, we'll, we've got lots to talk about. Um, but uh, shout out to com. If you've been, obviously, if you're a fan of Counter-Strike, you must be if you're watching this show. Uh, you should go over to com slash rls that's the safest most ethical place that you can place um esports bets that's why I, I partnered up with them that's why we work together if you're interested in that you can do it if you don't want to bet but you're still interested in maybe making some money based on your understanding of counter-strike you can uh, enter something called thunderdome which they do which is basically you make predictions like you see on the analysis desks if you get them all right like an accumulator you win free money it's just free to enter all you need to do is have an account, and you can win up to $1,000. So uh, check that out. If you type uh, exclamation point Thunderdome in the chat, it'll give you some more specific details. Uh, right. So th th there's actually been two events to talk about, Duncan, Sure. Uh, in the time since the last show. And I know, obviously, you've been traveling around and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but let's let's start with, let's just get the, the shit one out of the way. The one that doesn't matter, because everyone's been fucking just ridiculous as per usual let's just get the blast pro series copenhagen uh, yeah let's just let's just get this out the way the blast holiday camp copenhagen which i'm now being reliably told by reddit and and fans of counter-strike is a tier one event it's a tier one event dunk even though um, the same dumbass fans tell you that astralis is the best team and i didn't see astralis win this event like what the fuck are you talking about like yeah, <laughs> the problem is like that's the one thing that is i, I i'd say that is the one thing about blast proceeds i still don't really get mm. is now that you look back over the year you nailed it actually they clearly only did the format change for that la event just because the la event had to be rescheduled and it was going to look shit otherwise it was a way to like style out the fact that you had to basically wreck your actual venue and stuff it was a way to be like but look we gave you the format you wanted because they didn't do it i thought actually that the implication was they were going to make it the rest of the circuit had changed if you remember i said i thought they should wait till the next year but actually it actually had the reverse effect to me which is that you did it and then people actually gave you props like oh well done having proper semi-finals and then you went back to doing it without it so the problem is like Let's be real, like nobody likes this format at the end of the year. I mean, even they don't, they've admitted they're shifting away from it. So like well, it's interesting actually. Just, I, I, heard just some stuff, I heard some stuff behind the scenes, dude, where it was like um apparently the they it was refresh that did or the blast as they like to be known now. Apparently they, they don't want to muddy the waters too much, even though refresh owns it. They do want to be when we talk about the blast, they do want to be referred to as the blast, apparently. And that's why they shut all that Twitter account down and everything uh, earlier. You know, they're having a big, um, you know, kind of not a rebrand, but a, a want to strengthen the brand and make sure there's no muddying of the waters. But anyway, um, apparently, you know, they were open for making this like a permanent change. Um, and again, I have no idea if this is true. It's not anything I've verified, but I did get told that actually everyone was like, nah, you know what? 
one of the main reasons we commit to these blast events when it's so close to other events is that it's best of ones. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because it shows that as usual. So I have no idea if that's true. I'm just putting usual, it out there. Some people told out, me that. Out of all the parties and entities in the scene, who's the one party who changes face, name, birth certificate, but always remains the dumbest motherfucker in the space. Oh, what's that? The pro player in Counter-Strike. Congrats. You're the guys that ruined the IM format. You're the guys picking majors right after fucking player breaks. You're the idiots saying that you think Blast Pro Series is a good tournament, but you don't want to have it be a real tournament. You just want to have it be a 2 dead tournament. The, the problem with this, right, is this is why you never let players decide things. Because if you really let players decide things, these guys are like a bunch of lazy fucking college students who would just pick to do no work but get all the money. Like, it's fucking mental. Because in this scenario, your job is supposed to be like a passion job that you love to do. And yet these motherfuckers work so hard to not do their actual job. It's unreal. I can't believe, like, how many times I've seen these people do choices that just... Actually, I consider harming their own profession, quite frankly. Like, this makes your profession into something that more can out in WWE. Because what's what are the only positives you hear about this format of Blast? But the stadium. Oh, did you see the crowd, though? And it was only two days, so it was very format. Like... None of these are things a, a hardcore fan cares about. Like, we actually hate shit like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say, um, you know, I, I have a little interest in watching the Blast events because they're just not a representation of Counter-Strike. But in terms of what uh, the Blast want to do, which is they want to provide a very quick, fast food Counter-Strike experience for people who are watching at home and watching in the stadium and cram in as many sightings, if you like, of uh, of top players and top teams as possible, as their format will allow, it, it fulfills that goal. The stage Am I the good. only one who misses this? The fact that, mm. like, the worst thing about Blast is they present it to the world, not in the way I told them to, which is as a fun format, which is going to be, like, its own, like, an entertainment brand primarily, not just about competitive aspect. No, no, they had to lie in that Jordy Will guy interview and, and claim it was competitive, and actually, in some ways, maybe it's harder to win our events, like, you know, some mad gaslighting like that. But even worse, the part I don't get is this. What are people enjoying when they're an online viewer of the event? Because to me, the stuff they do that isn't the matches is just like subpar BTS content, like what Beyond the Summit does, yep. but with way more money. Like if Beyond the Summit had the money that fucking Blast does, they would kill it. They're working on a shoestring budget where a guy with a camera yep. has to come up with a concept and then a funny prop or something. Blast has a bazillion jillion dollars. And what do they do? Sit teams down and do funny AMAs with them and stuff and go, hey, <laughs> And let's all rate each other. Like, I'll I tell you what, I actually think, by the way, this shows how bad I actually think the refresh slash blast people are at branding. Like, that whole thing they did at this last blast where they were like, and we've now upgraded Dupree to Legend Stairs. It's like, you even own that fucking team. You didn't have Dupree as a legend. I can't even handle this. This is like your, it's like you, it's like everyone in your orgs actually a double agent trying to sabotage refresh from inside. <laughs> it's unreal, isn't it? <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's crazy. And listen, I'm, you know, like I said, I think for what it does, for what they, for what they want it to achieve, like it definitely achieves that goal. But it's just, it's of no interest to me. Like you know, when you see, uh, like we'll get to the winner and and how it all played out and and some of the little stuff along the way. But when you see the kind of narrative that was unfolding already from day one, you just like. Well, this just continues in day two. This isn't like a real best of three tournament where you can throw in a curveball with a veto, 
pull out a map, you know, that you you know, or, or go and anti-strat your opponent and make sure that you're a bit more competitive over the course of a best of three. It's all best of ones. And honestly, you can see players tap the fuck out at these. Well, if events. you remember, I don't know if you remember this detail, but like I'm I'm sure they still do this, right? This is the in blast, at least earlier in the year, I think they still continue it now. You do the vetoes like in advance, right? You do them before the tournament. Mm. I believe that's actually yeah. like done three weeks out. Yeah, apparently. Month apparently out. Right? Yeah, There's what, another what example. Told, yeah, the, the system is they know on, I think on day one at least, uh, they know which best of ones they're going to play like in advance. Oh, right. I thought, like, I don't know, maybe maybe they changed this, but I know for a fact most Blast Pro Series events used to actually determine like the map that you would play against the opponent yeah. months in advance sometimes. I believe it could be like even two months out because the original premise was, this is a good example again of Blast on paper doing something they think is good that just doesn't work when you execute. Right? The premise sounded great. I even said it myself when they did the first one. Like, It's a very interesting approach. Let the teams know the maps before the tournament, doing a real veto, so that then in mm -hmm. theory, the MSLs of the world could come and, and surprise us all right they could yeah. really go and hone in on a team and study them and all of a sudden if someone like an msl turned up with their team i know he actually funnily enough never goes to these fucking tournaments because <laughs> apparently it's weird that there's no conflict of interest within refresh but they only ever invited fucking astralis not north ever it's weird the main rival direct business rival know, never got invited strange. no conflict of interest strange. there though guys ignore that meanwhile cloud nine at every single event every person in the crowd is acting like they're a fucking make a wish foundation winner and that we're all just like if they can just get one best of one, if they even get 14 rounds, people start almost coming like, oh, I'm, the, I'm close. Oh, oh. Like, that's even been the only... That's how bad, by the way, the format is in Blast. What is the storyline of Cloud9 at all the Blast Pro series? If oh, they can win dude. two best of ones, good event. Like, that's the storyline every event. With a new roster, can they win two best of ones? Nah, they didn't do it this time. They drew one. It's like... But that angle just sucks. So the problem I have in this scenario I mean, is... Jack's a genius to get money for fucking... Oh, he's mental, he's he has entered. min -maxed the hell out of the this. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's just like five guys been rounded up in a pub fucking car park. You know, hey, you want to play some Counter-Strike? Yeah, we're going to get a revenue share off this. And they just send, like, here's five randoms. But the problem fun. basically like, is this, is that premise makes sense if this was the NFL, it was the only league that existed. But the real problem is this. You can do the, the VO 10 years before, mate. I've got to play all the other fucking tournaments. No one's no one's preparing three weeks out for a blast, are they? No one really is doing that. That's that's something like I say, if it was the only game in town, you would do. But unfortunately, it doesn't actually make sense in the calendar because obviously everyone's just done three events before this one or whatever. So no one's really saving anything secret. No one's got a special veto planned. Like, it's just another event in the calendar, isn't it? Yeah, but that, that that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm trying to explain this in, in ways people can, can uh, understand. You know, go look at a real event. Go look at, like, I, you know, uh, go look at Cologne. And look at the reactions when players lose maps. Right? And then watch a blast and watch the players lose maps. Go watch that clip of a liege in a 1v4 situation, r rapidly running out of time on the bomb against Astralis on Nuke in what was a pretty good best of one. Um, and look how he's just like laughing and here's, here's a fucking spray and I'm just not even going to attempt the clutch because, you know, I, I probably can't do it anyway. Um, and, you know, interesting reaction from Reddit again when you contrast that to like Makaleli typing killing console and people go, no, there's absolutely no similarities whatsoever here. Makaleli is scum, Elige is brilliant. Here's that picture of Elige looking like Leave It to Beaver 5,000 fucking times in a Reddit thread. Like, okay, you guys are too dumb for me to in interface with anymore. But anyway, 
Um, you know, the reality is they just don't give a fuck about losing at these blast events. These are holiday camp events. These, these, these are an experience for players to basically go and they serve up what the illusion of a tournament to the people. But what's really going on behind the scenes is here's a fucking tournament where, you know, who gives a fuck where anyone finishes? As long as you make enough money to get to uh, enough points to get to Bahrain, what are we all doing here? And, and, and that starts to become incredibly risky, in my opinion, when you start serving that up as a matter of fact, as that is what our product is. Oh, that's the worst thing, dude, is like, as you said, with the fact that the players are involved, we know teams obviously must have some say since they're making literal negotiations with squads to be members of the circuit. It looks exactly like what we're describing, a fucking event designed by committee to somehow cynically place... Yeah, exactly. And so as a result, like, the real problem I have, I, I hope I've made this clear, is... Go one way or the other, lean into whichever one it is. If it really, here's the stupidest thing about Blast, right? Is if it really is an entertainment product, I already gave you the idea earlier this fucking year, make a WWE style event where you just pick the people you want to play and it has a fucking massive belt that you win and it's one big match that is built in a yep. state. That would be the move then, by the way. All the build-up can be fucking amazing. You can have all interviews with the players' families and stuff before the game. Then the big match, come have an undercard. Like Do that, lean into it. Or if you want to go to a competitive tournament, you don't have to pivot all of it away. You can still be a two-day event and do a different format, but pivot towards that. In the moment, this is why I say it, it sounds like it's designed by committee because most times when you say something's designed by committee, it's derogatory. What you mean is you, you sort of make it half shit in all the ways because you're trying to accomplish what everyone wants to achieve, whereas usually most great things are the product of one vision, aren't they? So I feel as though that's the main problem Blast at the moment has. Like, we've all gotten over the format palette. Yeah, it's not good, but we're waiting for next year. The problem is, like, the rest of it, and I have my concerns. I agree with you. I don't believe until they. Here's the thing. I believe this is how players approach Blast. You go to Blast, you play. If you make the final, now you get serious. If anything yeah. but you're making the final, if you lose the first two best of ones, right, you might obviously try in the game. You're not going to literally like throw the game. But as you say, it, it, there's no life and death. There's never a feeling in you of like, oh, God. Oh, imagine if Zeus goes out here in his last ever tournament. Oh, my God. But it's just like. No, no, one gave the, a, the, no one gave a the, shit. The story the, of him this is the madness of it, isn't it? This is the madness. You had Narvi go out to go to a fucking tournament in Moscow, right? Which, which everybody knew was going to be Zeus's last performance. No one gave a flying fuck. Like it was one of the most lethargic, insipid yeah. performances because it wasn't about winning or losing. In fact, by being part of the blast, you've already won because people are getting paid. And that's clearly what these events are about. It was what it was about from the fan perspective wasn't the results, although it isn't for the, the fans definitely don't agree with this. Um, they would like their team to win, but it was just about having that moment with Zeus at the end, like you know, talking like Rocky after he's gone fucking 20 rounds with Apollo Creed. Um, yeah, yeah, gonna miss you guys, like fucking, you know, barely stringing a coherent sentence together. It was for that moment, so everyone could go, God, he's a legend. God, he's, he's always been such a classy in-game leader, like when he used to take all those photos of him with sports cars when the team was losing, or that, that clip of him really badly bullying Flamey to the point where Flamey looks like he's gonna cry. Always been such a great ambassador for the sport, yeah. You know, it was about that moment for them, and, and what, what the Blast is good at doing is serving you up a bunch of contrived, nonsensical moments that stir an emotion in you as a Counter-Strike fan, but it's completely divorced from the rest of the fucking Counter-Strike tour. And it, it's never been more apparent than day one at, the, at this event. Let's just start with how the event kicked off. 16-2. 
Faye's beating Estrella 16-2. Does anyone in their mind believe the following? That first of all, that gulf in scoreline is reflective of where these two teams are uh, in their Remember, by the way, each other, Inferno, right? as I always stress, is the only map that never betrayed Astralis when they had that down period. That was still the map they were always world-class on. Like, even Team Liquid was worried about that map against them. So the yeah. idea that, like, FaZe Clan, who to this point, like... Obviously, they're only just getting back into being relevant with the new lineup. The idea they haven't, but like, think about it, right? If you'd gone back to the prime Astralis here when they were unbeaten on Nuke and someone 16 2'd them, that'd be the headline all the way around the world. Yep. Most people who didn't watch this event wouldn't even be aware this result happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it wasn't a landmark game, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but also, as well, like, there's no, there's no best of three follow up. So you don't even get to see how Astralis adjust, or it's just this aberration. And what you what you quickly realize is there's a reason there's a lot of big one-sided score lines at these events, um, and it's generally because no one gives a fuck. <laughs> like once you get so far behind, like do I dig deep and pull out the old fucking razzle dazzle to win this best of one at an event where everyone just gets paid to turn up, and it's all like you know player signings and and after parties and that's the focus like having a good player experience um or you know do i do i want to just let this one slide because it's all the same so obviously listen we, we i don't think astralis were in prime form here by any stretch of the imagination it was clear to me that the only time they really sort of looked like anything close to top gear uh was when they played team liquid Everything else, Probably I mean, obviously, reasons. that yeah. game does matter, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, that, that there is a perception there about that. You do want to plant your, you know, your flag in the sand, uh, but you know, losing to Nip, they, unrecognizable, um, you know, draw the draw with Navi, unrecognizable. Uh, you know, anyone can dominate Cloud Nine right now. So it, it was just a weird one, and and then you also see like no real cohesion in the results because the best of one format the way it works it even allows for you to kind of like phone in a couple of games so let's just start by talking about the winner right which was phase so they start by dominating astralis and everyone laughs because it's phase dominating astralis and phase have been notoriously terrible for a while now and, and picking up cold zero didn't fix anything and i knew coming into this show it was going to be like a, a hotbed of all of those uh fans going well that, your last episode didn't age well remember when you say to people that didn't age well the presumption is that person is like fucking professor x and can see the future right obviously no cunt can well that didn't age well yeah all right you know hey look my fucking my dad's gonna live forever killed by a tree tomorrow that didn't age well did it no it's like i thought you know i thought he might just make it i didn't realize there was gonna be an unexpected act of god door my dad's head in like you know it's, it's a ridiculous fucking thought process you have to engage in to say that didn't age well but anyway it didn't age well because phase came out and they looked very good on day one they had a good win over narvi very good win over astralis but again all tempered by the fact these are best of ones then they follow it up and dominate nip 16-3 and everyone's like oh they're the truth but they ain't the truth, because then they go and struggle to Cloud9, which is an embarrassment. Yeah, you win the game, but if Cloud9 are taking 14 rounds off you, you're like an amateur team right now. And then they get hammered by Liquid um, in a best of one as well, also on Inferno. There's no rhyme or reason to any of these results. There's no there's no through fair. There's nothing you can say. It's just basically like once you're in the final and you get a best of three, okay, it's game time. And, you know, phase played very well but anybody calling this out as if to say phase have turned a corner 
Um, and we'll get into this when we talk about IEM Beijing. You know, Face have turned a corner. They're legit now. They've got all... So you do not ever say that about any team based on a blast. It is absolutely meaningless. Well, especially because, like, as you say, like, first of all, sample size is ridiculous. And then I'd even say, like, the nature of how, like, just the eye test of what FaZe did. Uh, wait a second, I think you've lagged for me. Oh, you there. It was just the camera a second. The, yeah, I would yeah, even say either. the eye test, I, I think, didn't live up to it at all. Like, certainly they looked a lot better than I thought they were going to be. But they actually didn't look as good as a, t as a team that won the event. As in, like, how did they win these matches? People literally just shot people in the head. Like, that's what changed, yeah. is Nikon and Kulze were shooting everyone in the head. He, the Brocky guy, actually, funny enough, has been good the whole, almost the whole time they've had him. And then people like Olaf Meister are way better than you expect him to be, actually. Like, they haven't, a bit, apparently, their, their demise was exaggerated or something. So mm. I'll certainly say there's elements that were very unexpected for me. I'm interested in watch phase now, but like, the, like pretty honest with that when someone tells you Cold Zero and Nico coming together, like, winning a blast isn't what you don't go, oh my God, they've done it. They've done, they've, they, the boy, the guys nobody wanted to see when a blast got together and won one just to show those motherfuckers what's it's a blast, mate. You know, it's not that big a deal. If anything, I would say exactly. this is a better Any example. team that attends a blast yeah. can win a blast. To me, winning this, I mean, let's face it, the old FaZe Clan won a fucking blast earlier year and beat Team Liquid yeah. when they weren't supposed to. So, like, exactly. the, the problem for me is this shows, like, maybe some potential, but... In the modern day, this is the part of the problem Blast has, is they will get contrasted against other events. So what's the event we had before this event? The fucking Star Ladder event where like the winner won like played like 21 maps or something mental. If I play 21 maps and then the next week someone goes and wins a tournament with playing what I'm gonna guess FaZe played seven maps, like you can't compare those head to head one to one. Like the guy who's the MVP of Star Ladder probably had to do a hell of a lot more and play much, much better consistently than whoever was the MVP of Blast, for example. That's just obvious, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know, like it's like I say, when you look at the tournaments that FaZe have been winning, which are very few and far between, they're never like long, big, double elimination, best of three tournaments. It's the Blast. The Blast, and then that E-League with three teams, three other teams. Yeah, you know, that's what they've won uh, in recent memory. And it's like all of that plays into what we know of FaZe, right? Which is they've got a roster that if everybody's deathmatched that day and had the fucking Weetabix, they just turn up and bang your heads off. And you can't do anything about it. If Cold well, that should Zero be the dream Nico, format for them, right? Yeah, exactly. If Cold Zero and Nico are on one, then you're fucked anyway. You know, you have to be a, a, a high-level team, high-level tactics to even stand up to that. That's always been the premise of FaZe. That was the premise of FaZe from their inception. They will outgun you, not outthink you. And that became more of a fact when they got rid of the only person capable of thinking and replaced him with God Emperor Nico. So, you know, that's that's all fine. Um, but the when they do win these, like, tournaments as aberrations, what does it say about FaZe? It, it just tells you that, yes, this roster is capable of winning enough best of ones to get to the final of a blast. Brilliant. Like that's it though. But you, you would, you've seen all the fucking phase flares on Reddit and everybody saying, Oh, but Pat will legit. Ah, you know, like suck a dick fucking by the numbers. You don't know shit. Like dudes, they are not winning, uh, any tournament that pushes them best of three wise because they don't have anyone that's capable of making tactical adjustments or indeed tactics. And as I said, when we get to Beijing, we'll talk about it, but we're also going to talk about like what real teams do and how they adjust between events. So let's talk about Astralis. 
it's very clear to me that Astralis really don't give a fuck about these Blastaments. Probably because all of the drama associated with it. Probably it's because there's no real way <clears throat> for Astralis to look good. It's also not really the event black. for them, is it? Let's be real. Like, then let's be real. Like, the problem Astralis has <laughs> is, even though now, because they've won so much, they are all media savvy. <clears throat> let's be real. They don't have great personalities in the team generally. Like, their idea of a personality is like, I don't know, Magus getting angry or something. Like, like who in their team's got a brilliant personality? You love to listen to interviews. They're, they're fairly boring. So the problem is, they're good in a serious tournament. They're in one of these events, which is more about being a showman, to be honest, when you're on the mm -hmm. mic and you've been interviewed, they're not really that great in that sense. And they're obviously, since they're the greatest team ever, they're also not killing themselves to win fucking blast, whatever this no. one's called. I mean, I, I, admittedly, this is Copenhagen, so it probably means more. But generally, they're not caring about blast, are they? And then there's even the third effect, which is... A downside of this format, unfortunately, is I'm sure Astralis already knew they were in the final in the Bahrain thing, so you also don't have to win it. It's not like it's necessary to make the final, you know. No, and it, look, it, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. It's like, they even if they went, because of the position this stupid company has put them in, right? It's not fair, and I, I'll, I'll say this till the cows come home. It is not fair uh, that the Astralis players are in a position where it's like, if we win the event, all the fans go, yeah, well, your parent company runs that tournament, doesn't it? So what does it really mean? It looks like fucking money laundering, actually. If you look at it financially, what? One company that owns two entities pays money to another because you've won the tournament. And you also happen to be the best team in the world. And they can also choose who you play. And you can also get the benefit of every admin decision and all that. Eddie Bravo, Eddie Bravo conspiracy theory. So even if you okay, win, anyway. it's not... Yeah, even if you win, it's not legit. So even if you win, it's not legit. But then if you go and you don't try, you go, well, there's no pressure on you, is it? It's just your parent company. You, you know. so, so they're in this ridiculous situation. By the now, way, for any fan who now interrupts, because we know what fans are like, they love to tell us we're wrong with our behind-the-scenes info using outright front public statements that clearly aren't true. So I know yeah. fans will already interrupt now, Richard, and go, but, but you're wrong, Richard. Yeah, the players decide where they play and what tournaments they play at. That's about as stupid as a kid coming into the fucking A&R, or no, what, the, the accident emergency ward uh, with yeah. a fucking broken arm who's blatantly like the victim of like domestic abuse and going, well, he said that he, did, he just fell down the stairs, so... We'll just believe him at that then, shall we? Just take him at face yeah, value. I mean, look, he, he's saying it while his dad's literally telling him to. Oh, well, look, he says that it was his choice, actually, to uh, fall down the stairs. Like, you can you can use a bit of your own now, boys, and figure out that that's clearly not the case, is it? And and just, just there's, there's just weird shit going, like, in every one of these events. Like, take the incident, right, with, uh, it gets to, right, this is, this is the top Danish team on Danish soil. Uh... And they're in the show match. Okay. So, and then Device is like, can't make it. Um, I've got a wisdom tooth infection, which I need to get checked before we go to China. So, Zonic's going to stand in. Now, ironically, that did give like a good moment where he got a 1D gun simple and everyone, you know, went crazy about it and clipped it. And then we had 10 threads on the front page of Reddit saying Zonic is the greatest human being of all time. Um, which is, again, this is just how manipulate. it doesn't take much to manipulate a fucking low IQ hive mind. Uh, By the way, guys who are out there on Reddit, 
I'm not joking. Tune into the World Wrestling Entertainment Show. Whatever. You'll what love you it. You, it's literally, it's right up your alley. You don't have to watch all the boring games that you don't understand and lie and pretend you know about like, smoke strats and executes that you definitely don't understand and tell Pimp and Sponge and Yanko that none of them know anything about the game from your experience playing in fucking, like, I'm going to guess, like, Master Guardian at best, probably. Most of you probably in Gold Nova. Like, while you're not doing that, why not just watch WWE? It's all the stupid drama you guys love. It's only like on Reddit. That's just the sport. What's better is they even they even rig the matches, so you don't ever get like a rubbish game like a Vanguard versus Astralis. You get the real match, like Triple H versus I don't know who's in fucking wrestling anymore. It's so, I'm sure Triple H still is, but there's got to be someone else. I don't know. <laughs> Jericho, he's still around. I don't know. <laughs> John Cena's probably still there. John right? Cena, there we go. Right. Yeah, there we yeah. go. But but so you know, like, but imagine it again. Imagine imagine like first of all, I'm just gonna say like. I really don't this is this is an awful thing to say and it's pure speculation in the same way i didn't buy it when they were like oh you know jet lag jet lag or device is ill blah blah we can't go to these events but we can definitely go to the blast events i don't buy it when i see a player like duck out of a fucking what 10 round show match like not in your hometown for fuck's sake yeah well, come on like, man the best the star player on the danish team in copenhagen at an event that is specifically designed to make these guys shine you you, you can't just play also through. mate it's not even a match you play like these are like you play a couple yeah. of rounds it's like five minutes or i don't buy it you know that's the part where like the problem with that is i agree you'd almost have to be incapacitated to not come out just for the fucking home crowd i mean even the mate, first what you think i tell them, come on mate, think about some of not. the fucking things right what's the name of that fucking goalkeeper troutman you remember you remember that dude where he went up for a fucking head. This is like in the fifties, where goalies had no protection, right? And he went up to claim a ball, and somebody ran in and hit him so hard it snapped his neck, <laughs> and he played the rest the of the fuck? game with a broken neck. Oh, he probably did that thing like when you're at five aside and the ball hits you in the nuts. He probably went. They were like, "You all right?" He goes, "Yep, yep, yep fine." Right. They go, yeah, your neck looks a bit. But, but you know what I mean, like I'm walking off. You, walking you, off. You, you can't, you, you can't play five minutes with a fucking toothache. There's something wrong there, and I don't know what it is. And it's like, again, I'd be pissed off if I was, you know, great moment with Zonic notwithstanding. And don't take anything I'm saying as a criticism of Zonic, by the way. The guy is a legend, uh, amazing player, amazing coach. We just don't need 10 threads saying that, like, you know, these pubes are made of spun gold. Like, no one gives a fuck about, you know, you're, you've seen one clip and been emotionally manipulated into idolizing someone when you probably don't even remember what he was like in 1.6 or any of his achievements. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I hope everyone knows, just so we know who, like, it may be on you to the CSGO community as fans, right? So I'll just explain to you who the CSGO community is. You know when you're on Twitter and people take, like, what initially starts as a funny joke, like, OK Boomer, and then within a day, they've run it in the ground. And you're like, oh, my yeah. God, if they've done this in a day, we've got, like, a month of this to go, yeah. And then there's even the people who are so out of touch, they're still on oof and yikes, like you were saying earlier, like, even though that was gone about six months ago. So, like, think of that sort of person. Now take that person almost exclusively and make them an entire community. And then on top of that, make them literally, like, proudly say that the best CS movie ever is Foon Too Much for Z-Block, oh, a movie right. that you only ever need to watch in your life once. It never needs a second viewing. It's not that funny. It's not that great a video. And it's not even anything like exceptional content. But people talk about that like it was the fucking most amazing video ever made. Just because, again, it's a way to jump on the bandwagon of someone else that you think's going in a cool way. 
Well, it was like when DreamHack made that like 20 year tribute to CS video, which was very good, by yes. the way. And it, it's still mind blowing to me that Valve didn't make like an official it's, one or whatever. It's but insane, isn't it? hey, you know, listen, they're, they're running, they're even running daughter into the ground right now. It's player bases at an all time low. Like, we're above it. So great news, everybody. Like, it might fucking, <laughs> the pendulum might swing. Um, but they put a clip from that Foon video in. It's like, wait, these are meant to be some of the most iconic moments of the last 20 years of Counter-Strike in all its iterations and forms. And you take a movie of a fucking cheating griefer, right? <laughs> um, basically just gr using all of the clips of people he griefed. Which, by the way, anyone else... Fuck cheaters for life. Ha, but that one cheater, yeah. the funny cheater, oh, that's different. We all love the funny cheater. Fuck all the others. Fuck all the others. Ha, ha, now let us bully some child for having a VACBAND account when he was age nine. But food is the best. Like, fuck that. And everybody always says, oh, Foon didn't cheat, man. He was a legit bunny up. No one's even talking about that. No one's even talking <laughs> about that. No one's even talking about that. That just shows they don't know what they're talking about. Strafe speed from yeah. a standing start, which is dubious enough. People used to tell me he was the truth on all the fucking surf uh, things he was on. Shut up, please. But no the, fact that, the fact that Source didn't allow you to be accurate uh, with, with your shooting while you were doing it, that was like the counteract the counteraction to it in the engine right and he's getting one tap fucking headshots while he's at full strafe speed guys it's nonsense if you ever think that video is like 100% legit you're out of your fucking that's mind. also why i never understood why it was funny because the actual premise and even the joke in the title of the movie is that he isn't cheating but that he's doing it and everyone thinks you know basically yeah. it plays on the old trope of like you're so good they think you're cheating haha -ha, wow what they think i'm cheating because i'm so good but he was it's obvious he was so guess what all those people get <laughs> Rage in that movie and be like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's a totally legitimate experience. You don't know because you didn't play CS Source. So how could you possibly appreciate it? What's stupid is you guys are like someone in like, like this is like someone in a hundred years thinking that to be cool, they're going to reference something from the past and be like, well, of course, for me, the greatest filmmaker of the 20th century was, of course, Adam Sandler and not having seen any of the movies <laughs> and not knowing you come off like a clown thinking Jack that's Jack and Jill's shit. pretty good. Like Jack and Jill's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just, it, you know, it's just ridiculous the, the, the shit people talk. But anyway, look, back to the blast and we'll wrap it up because, again, there's not really much to talk about here and we probably already spent way too long on it. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about Cloud9 because we, we talked about this fucking roster when it got put together and, and then they chipped away at it again and then they chipped away at it again. It's like, when are they going to do the hard reset? So let's talk about the results they got here. They play NIP, 16-4 to nip they play liquid six uh, sorry 16 six to nip they play liquid 16 four to liquid they play navi they get a draw navi are in norfolk's given mode they play phase it's their one semi-decent performance they get 14 rounds they play astralis they get uh they get 16 three so once again they turn up to a tournament and win zero maps it, in, and it's like, guys, you're doing this with a different roster every time. As and well, look, at, by the way, look at how jaded we all are. Like, we're going to talk about it now. The community's just accepted it now. Like, it's just it's just got an old hat, hasn't it? They've seen yeah, this. Yeah, but, it, but I just don't understand. Like, like, it, am I missing a part of the puzzle here? Like, every time, right? So, forget the mishandling after Boston. Like, just forget that. That's like Which the worst some extenuating circumstances. I'll give them the initial. Yeah, exactly. The you couldn't you do anything about yeah. that. That was a team sure. that was literally being held together at the fucking seams anyway, that was going to that major and was going to break up no matter what. Yes. Right? 
and they were not expecting to to win it. Like if you go back and look at the VODs when me and you were talking about who could be a dark horse at the tournament, I think when we said Cloud9, I think even Moses, the, the fucking bald eagle patriot himself turned around and was like, you're out of your motherfucking minds. And we were out of our motherfucking minds, but you know, it was something to say that, yeah, listen, if, if all the stars align and Skadoodle's not fucking dog shit, and then it turned out he was subpar at various points in the tournament but in that final he was just god tier yeah so <laughs> out of fucking nowhere so you know but the mishandling of that team can be forgiven because people didn't want to play with each other and scar was in and then he was out and stewie was like listen i thought we were going to deal with this and you know it, it, in, in an alternate universe that cloud nine team does the right thing keeps stewie um doesn't have all of the internal friction and probably goes on to have a little mini era of like three months, kind of like Fnatic at the start of 2016 or whatever it was. Uh, that didn't happen. But at that point, you still had enough of a team that you could have bolted on a few fucking parts sure. and still been very functional. Top six, top five, top four, whatever the fuck. We are so far beyond that. And I see these statements from Jack publicly saying CS, CS is in our DNA. We're never getting rid of a team. Like, listen, at this point, I'd forgive you. This is an all yellow style mercy killing at this point. Yeah. No Cloud9 fan is enjoying watching their team right now. Nobody, they don't wake up like it's Christmas fucking morning. Oh, Cloud9 are playing today. No, it's like the fucking March to the Gallows. It's like being on death row. It's like waking up to watch Cloud9 players them pushing your fucking final meal under the fucking cell doors. And you go and ask for a fucking cheeseburger and it's just the fries. That's what it's like watching Cloud9 right now. It's shit. And by the it's way, awful. I'll even throw context that makes their results at these blasts worse which is what other fucking tournaments does cloud9 even go to and contend for practically none blast basically has been their mainstay event for the last year or so yet where are the results like that's the stupidest thing they the team that should benefit from this format if they're a good team because everyone else is taking this as like it's our third event out of four this will be the breather and then we've got the big event in IEM Beijing right after you this is where you should sweep in wreck them all and we should now be trying to downplay you and be like well it's because you were a blast you know no you could be fucking last at these things I've got to <laughs> say as well it was one thing in the past this is why I also feel like one area that was an extenuating circumstance Jack couldn't have known when he let that team gradually break apart that won the major is at the time even if Team Liquid becomes the best team, you still got number two on lock. Little did he know, months later, NRG came along. And ever yeah. since NRG came along, that is what screwed Cloud9. Because you couldn't get the NRG players, you couldn't get the Team Liquid players to become the best in the world or second best. And so you were now already 10 players eliminated from your pool. And now you're having a look as they did. Right, I've got to get Europeans. That's the only big names left. And you can only get the Europeans that are not the ones in prime form because otherwise they're in the top team. And so I've got to say, the big thing that's wrecking Cloud9 right at this moment is everyone loved to laugh in Jason Lake's face and tell him how that tweet was totally inappropriate. This is how dumb, like, you know what? The biggest thing that tilts me in esports is actually something in culture that tilts me at the moment is that, right? I'll give you a great, ex a political example. Let's say, I'll make up a hypothetical, Donald Trump did some sort of a trade deal with another country or affected trade in some way, like with a tariff, for example. Let's say that actually succeeded. If the way he explained it in his tweet seemed too edgy, that's all the story's about. It's not about the reality of what's happening and what are the consequences and why did this happen. It's all about like the idea of like, but but the way it was said was, was wrong and was mean and shouldn't have been done that way. So people... 
This is one thing I hate about American culture. People would rather you lied to their face and were fake and said all the things they want to hear, but give them none of the results than do all the opposite, be an arsehole, be someone they don't like, say the things they don't want to hear, but deliver on your promises or do something good. And so what happened is everyone went right in Jason Lake's ass about how his results were unacceptable. You shouldn't yep. say that. So, well, you know what? Take that fucking complexity lineup and put it next to this Cloud9 lineup. I'll take the complexity lineup. I know they don't have a great in-game leader. That I, and you know what? I hope Daps can turn this squad around. But the difference mm. is, compared to Cloud9, just like has made a juggernaut. Like the players he's signed are all on the fucking rise. They're all players who could be great, except yeah. Rush, actually. In Meanwhile, in Cloud9, these are all like fixer-uppers. And some of them, by the way, never were. Cooster and Subros are on the same team. I'm already praying that you managed to get Mixwell back from three years ago. You can't just be automatic and daps. Like, we're going to have more than that, boys. Yeah. And and funnily enough, I mean, like, I think uh, the, the, the real tragedy of what's happening with this Cloud9 lineup right now is they're running automatic into the ground. You know, he's increasingly starting to look... This, this almost yeah. reminds me on a low level of when Simple was on the bad Navi. It's like, how does he keep, how does he keep doing it? How does he keep playing well? It's actually amazing that he has the mental fortitude to play well like this. No, and, and this, I'd this be is so problem. checked out if I was in his position, you know. No, but this, this is the problem. It's just, an, this is the thing nobody thinks about. Like, I don't even understand what Tim's being loyal to at this point. Because the org clearly has no ambition. All your friends have kind of moved on. They're winning trophies, by the way like at what point are you going to be like i don't know what i'm doing anymore like I and i will say by the way lineup. among pro players i know with fans he's pretty well respected but among pro players automatic has a higher stock than you'll realize like most european players yeah. even think he's good because think about it he's not the guy who talks shit he has a pretty good attitude he's smart he's good in the game he's like a quiet guy but he then wrecks you in the like that's the kind of player that people love so don't imagine by the way that it was only like a fierce kind gave him off he, this guy could have been in big big teams in europe if he wanted to be like pretty Way. if he wanted to move to Europe even, I bet he could even be in like fucking FaZe or Mouse Sports or something like, that's still probably even on the table, so I, I agree, I don't really know what like the loyalty is for anymore because it, like, what are you loyal to at this point in time? Mm. This what? is like this is like if your dad remarried another woman who isn't your mom, and then your dad died, so you just spent the rest of your life hanging out with your dad's new wife who's your stepmom but isn't even your mom like what would the point be like is it it's not actually your dad is it? there's no connection anymore like do it if you want but I'd, I'd probably just go the other way go with your real family you know and and then when you get to other questionable decisions around this lineup right so you get absolutely crushed at the back like you can't hang with top tier opponents anymore hey but don't worry guys you're qualified for a fucking what is now rapidly <laughs> approaching tier three status right dream hack atlanta have you seen the teams at DreamHack Atlanta? It's metal, isn't it? Right, let me tell you. Sprout, which people who've been seeing our series, the best of by the numbers will remember Duncan's famous quote. You know, Mate, my joke about grow. them, my joke about them is probably the high point of that entire fucking brand. I don't think they've ever yeah, been as relevant. Well, uh, it is. <laughs> uh, they still got Dennis and Spiddy, though, so. Yeah, necessary uh, shit. <laughs> Virtus Pro, right? Virtus Pro. Uh... Ints in 2019, e by the way. In 2019, yeah, yeah, 2019 versus Pro, yeah, not Time Machine, but <laughs> I know. Ints Esports, right? With, with the, I've just added a player in the form of Bolts. Triumph, which is the Voltage Snakes Grim lineup. I've never even heard of that team, right? It, it, it's like a new org that they're on, but that, that core have played together quite, quite a bit. Illuminar Gaming, whose star players are. 
take your pick out of they're the other Polish team, like one of the lower down ones, Oscarish, Innocence, or Reitz, who've all kind of played in other Polish It's just teams. the non-Taz team, if you remember. <clears> and then you get to Crazy, right? Fair enough. I think we can agree that Crazy are a team that could do something, have proven it many times. I mean, heroic. don't the lineup anymore. They're also two of their best players, though. Yeah, true. But, but, they still, sure, but they've got they some they, value, yeah. They brought ships in, remember? So, you know, it's all good. Her, sure. And Heroic, who we've already said with Cadian, they're not going to do anything except spoil your tournament for you. Um, and and then, as a, so that's... I mean, they, they could win this tournament, but that doesn't say much. <laughs> yeah, but that's who they were playing against. Sure. That's who they would have been playing against. And Cloud9 decide to withdraw. And you know what that says to me? And it's in America as well, so you can't even justify it as like, we really got to save the money. Which, by the way, if Cloud9 and Nickel and Diamond over traveling abroad, like, that's a bad fucking sign, considering yeah. you were just named in, like, Forbes, one of the most valuable esports uh, fucking brands. But they're, they're, they're fucking afraid. They are so afraid to take that team and send it to that event and lose to those Oh, teams. it would be the end. If you, if you even just lost in the final, that's the end with this lineup. How could you recover from that emotionally? Mm. You'd be a laughing stock. No, well, and rightly so. If, imagine it. Imagine sitting there, looking on your fucking coverage hub. Cloud9 have lost to Sprout. Cloud9 Cloud have lost to a Luminar game. Like, fucking hell. How far does the mighty have to fall? Like, it, it, it's insane to me. You still have to have enough confidence in that lineup that you get a top three, you make it to the final here. You know, you play crazy, you lose a close series, all right, people might forgive. The fact you're too scared to send your team to that event is outrageous. So I'd hate to be a fucking Cloud9 fan right now, and they should just pull the fucking plug until they can do what all these newer orgs coming yep. in, like your EG and all that. Yep. Spend some of this money you're making, because we see you with these VC raises. Go get one of these teams. If Cloud9 can't do what EG do, and can't monetize a team or can't market a team in a way that it makes sense to pay three million for a team and give them top salaries, then no esports org can. So we, we really have a problem. We really yeah, actually, are, that, we really even, are staring into the abyss of a bubble. That's even one thing I think is worth bringing up specifically in the Cloud9 context that is actually quite an interesting point, which is in the past, if you wanted to build a juggernaut, Jason Lake style, you would do it like he did. You'd try and go and get the big name, and then you try and lure the big European, and then once you got the big European, you put in a good Europe. You know, you build yeah. it piecemeal, right? I have to say, in the current world where buyouts are ridiculous, if if I have to, if I'm going to build a brand new squad for Cloud Nine, right? Realistically, I'm probably only going to keep three of these five at best. Might even only keep two of the five. So let's say I'm keeping two or three of the five. I need to buy two players. Well, they need to be massive upgrades over Kooster and Subrosas. I want good players now. I want a team that can contend, in fact, like you're saying. Forget this idea of even going up from like 30th to 20th. No, I need to be top 10 again. I'm cloud nine. The problem is, with where buyouts are at now, you're going to spend an arm and leg just to get those players, and then you still might not even have a lineup. So you know what? As silly as it might sound to overpay for an entire team, if you buy the entire NRG team, I could already tell you that's a real team. There's no question yeah. mark what will happen when they had an EG jersey on. The same when they had an NRG jersey on. The problem with making a team piecemeal is you actually don't know what their final outlook will look like. Because as we all know, in Counter-Strike, it's the most overused cliche. Every good team becomes more than some of their parts. So it's not even like it's an equation. I mean, just look at the Na'Vi team on paper. If it was just about the on-paper lineup, they should be the best team in the world. Look how outrageous that lineup is. But in the server, they're not the best team in the world, are they? We all know that. We know these Stras teams much better. So I would say... 
if I'm a cloud nine, I even kind of agree with you. I'd probably just pull the plug on this project, which sucks a little bit like Daps and all Mike, but I'm talking about for the sake of cloud nine getting good again. I can't just only be selfish for Daps' career. I'd pull the plug, I'd go away, and I'd do what all these other NAOGs are going to do who are going to come in for that league thing next year, which is get your fucking checkbook out and just buy a squad. Now, even if, by the way, that means you're buying someone weird like a Vanguard. I'd rather buy the entire Vanguard squad than have a piecemeal shit NA lineup like this one. You know, like that yeah. actually is a real squad. Like it comes pre-packaged. You know what it is. <sighs> what a nightmare, eh? So um, let's... And by the way, with the things oh. I've heard, tell you what, mate, next year, three million for an entire lineup is going to be fucking nothing. They're going to inflate that market so hard. Yeah, uh, fuck, dude. It's um, it, like the numbers are getting much. crazy now. Really out of control. They were already out of control, in my opinion. Anyway, it's going to get worse. Way, way worse. No, I mean, listen. I'm, I'm prepared. Like, I'm making the fucking bomb shelter. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like fucking uh, Michael Shannon or whatever the fuck he's called in Take Shelter. Like, I see it. I don't think a lot of other people are doing. We got. You know, I'm, I'm going to call it now. People aren't listening. People aren't. People still aren't playing nice in terms of these leagues and interactivity with the money. Everyone's making these new companies, taking all this VC cash. We're hitting 2020 and 2021s when these VC companies are going. What what's going on with this whole esports return then? Because we've been told it's the biggest business to invest in. Yeah, the key we thing see all is these well, valuations. The Just so fans don't get lost on this, it's like this is the one problem. It's actually the big problem a lot of people had with that Cecilia Diagostino's bubble <clears throat> article. Is you know what? A lot of the things she was saying, the things I've said, it is a bubble. Right? It's, it's undeniably a bubble. But the one area she was wrong in, in my opinion, was to present it that every company that invests thinks they're going to make get rich overnight. Like that's definitely not true. But the point to this is what I wanted to just clarify that you were saying there is the key reason why in a couple of years people will start to ask. It's not that they'll say, "Why haven't I made my money yet?" They'll be like, "Where's even the plan to make my money ever?" Like at the moment, we're two years in and we're nowhere. Like you haven't even budged. Like where's your merchandises? Where's the live ticket sales? Let's be real. That's probably not going to be there in two years. Like the problem is, it's not that they need the money. They might still be willing to go 10 years without making a profit, but they need to at least see. Yeah. Like, you know, that famous thing where they say like Amazon until like, not even that long ago, used to never make a profit. Yeah, but you could look at the company and see it was it was massively succeeding, couldn't you? You didn't need to worry. You knew that any moment you wanted to, it could be making a massive profit. You would stop investing into the company and growing it, wouldn't you? The problem at the moment is people are putting more and more and more and more and more money in, and the and the monetization options are way lagging behind. And forget even lagging behind. In certain cases, don't exist. Don't exist yeah. right now. Yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll just say uh, to the point on Cecilia, this is more for me and you, that the, probably the audience, the viewers don't really know who she is or, or, or care much. But, um, you know, she's, she's a journalist. She won a bunch of awards. She did some great work, particularly on the Riot game situation. Very accomplished reporter. Um, she should have been on the shortlist for Esports Journalist of the Year. I'm still kind of speaking to somebody who's on the board of the Esports Awards. I don't know how she wasn't put on it. She tweeted out, this is, this is, this is where I, I would critique her. She tweeted out saying the reason that she wasn't included is because she's not an evangelical and doesn't say only positive glowing things about esports. It's like if you looked at my output for the past 15 years, you looked at Duncan's output for the past 15 years, we are not evangelicals. We're the people that keep telling people this. Yeah, th th there are problems. This is a bubble. You know, whatever. Because we've lived through bubbles. You know, she's still relatively new. She doesn't know. Like, we're we're the war veterans of this. But, uh, but anyway, her work is good. Um, I, I would just add that I think that she she feels that this is absolutely 
um a, a bubble that's gonna burst and everyone's lying about everything and the money's not right and the viewing numbers aren't right and the revenue streams aren't right and there's an element of truth in that the only reason i i think it's gonna collapse is when we were putting in tens and twenties we could we can turn that around of course we can but then we're putting in sixties and then here's a franchise league that you got to be in and there's another 30 and now you got to oh and there's a call of duty league just another 30 and and all of a sudden you're not talking about tens and 20 million dollar investments that can be turned around can be turned into a, a profitable business over five years you're talking about this huge money pit this money sink and you're being told you got three years to figure this the fuck out by the way we we start we break ground on building you your own stadium tomorrow hi ho and you've just got to fucking figure out how you're paying for all of this and you can keep doing it by going out and saying yep esports best best group of people in the world if you want to get your advertising if you want to get your product in front of the you know 13 to 21 listen dudes esports fans suck when it comes to fucking putting money into the pot yeah. They're like the cunt who comes up to a fucking house. The average esports fan is the guy that comes to your house party with a fucking four-pack of caliber non-alcoholic beer and then gets straight into your fucking Johnny Walker Blue. And they've been like that for fucking 15 years. And they take no fucking responsibility. When all this shit collapses, the esports fans are going to go, it was those bloody greedy money men again. And you're half right. But you better take a look in the mirror, cunts. You better take a look in the mirror. People who for 15 years have demanded bigger and better but won't pay pay-per-view. You won't even sub on Twitch yeah, to the channels that are giving you. It's five fucking dollars, guys. Like People will pay for Disney Plus just to watch some Star Wars stuff. But they won't pay for, like, the game that they love way more than the old Star Wars thing and watch every fucking week. Like, what, you won't pay for that? Mm. of small fee uh, we're not even talking mega bucks at the moment we can't get you guys to part with anything for pay-per-view that's why it doesn't exist as an option in the entire fucking space and if you ever want to know the answer to the question because i see a lot of people say this they go why would these companies why would they turn their back on the core audience and start trying to court these other people that don't follow the game let me tell you why because they're tired of you not chipping in a book, right? To watch your fucking product. It's the reason so they... why I never understood. Like, I, I, I've always admitted this. I never foresaw how big League of Legends would get as an eSport. Because I thought it was just the casual game that would get big. But what I didn't understand was the fact that the casual game itself was so big ensured the eSport would be massive. Because they have a fan base in League that is like nothing else I'd seen in my hardcore eSports games. Like, I know now, I've actually learned it's actually what the modern day game consumer is like they want lots of dlc and quests and things you can buy and cosmetics and cool things like i'm a hardcore old school player i don't want that i just want the game to be really sick so what i had to learn was they'd basically courted a fan a set of fans that weren't esports fans they were just casual yeah. gamers who guess what they want more skins like the joke in yeah. league of legends is they literally do that like just take my money like there's even features i want that they don't give me like just take my no, money it's, like, yeah league, exactly. it's yes you can't get someone to pay you for something even what they no, want. but that's why the game devs are making scratch because sure. right, the whales that five percent pay for all the all, so that's why we have esports tournaments that the devs run. That's why we have a league. Because it's right, hilarious when it's them. the kid who could he own your, like it's this is why, by the way, we call you guys plebs because the person who will complain about my content is the kid who literally only con contributes the ad rev of YouTube when he watches my video. 
So he yeah. literally is giving me like less than a cent sometimes. And he imagines for less than one American cent that he can like dictate my content. Like oh, it's no, actually yeah. like, it's not just baffling. It's actually like obnoxious to a degree that, you, that if I didn't work in this field, it'd be like, get the fuck away from those people for sure. Let's get but, it um, appreciated. But, but so, so let's just talk a little bit about the esports. It's not, right, there's two things going on with the esports fan base. And it's not just that historically you do not throw in a proportional amount of money to the entertainment you get. Because listen, there's a lot of people going, Richard, I'll pull up footage of you five years ago, six years ago, railing against pay-per-view. And I'll be like, okay, but the stakes weren't as high and the investment wasn't as exactly. high. We need now to fucking all come together and start paying our fucking way. Sorry, guys. We've got generations of esports fans now who are in your fucking 30s. Come on, you deadbeat dad motherfuckers. Throw in $5, right? Just throw in $5. Let's just keep the industry alive. Is that all right with you? Nah, it's not, mate. Right, but anyway. So it's not just that historically you do not pay any amount commensurate to the, to the entertainment you get. And I'm not talking about, like, just paying pay-per-view. Don't pay pay-per-view, watch the 360, 480, 720 stream, whatever it is, right, without the desk segments, go buy a peripheral, go sign up to one of the sponsors, just do something, just fucking do something, but then it's not just that, you see, on top of that, they're also fickle, that if, if, if a CS tournament organizer came out today and said listen guys we've been crunching the numbers we've just announced a 10 million fucking dollar uh league uh you know for, for the year and basically because of the game being counter-strike and it's got terrorists in it there's no sponsors big sponsors wanting to be attached to it so you're gonna have to shoulder the burden don't worry we're not even gonna charge you with a twitch prime amount we're gonna charge you two dollar fifty you know what people would do they just wouldn't watch they'd say fuck you and they'd go watch another esport that doesn't happen in any other sport. That doesn't happen in any other field of media. So if you want to know why Activision Blizzard cozied up to all the fucking absolute socially inept losers that are so over-invested in Overwatch, they'll never go anywhere. They have nothing else. It's why the FGC is what it is. It's why Overwatch is what it is. It's why Star Wars is going towards the people who are like, yeah, I clapped, I clapped! <laughs> They're going towards them because they will not go anywhere else. They have to go down and with the And by the way, those are the whales. They'll watch substandard movies over and over and over again. There's still people out there who are trying to gaslight me and tell me The Last Jedi is a competent fucking film, for Not fuck's sake. It is nonsense. But they'll never go anywhere. They're too over-invested. Esports fans don't give a fuck. It's a fireworks display. If I have to pay to watch it, I'll go fucking hitch myself over the fence. We'll run alternate stream. We'll do everything we can. We cut our industry off at the knees, and we've done it for years, and I thought it was something we would grow out of. So yeah, I was advocating for you five fucking years ago, but we can't do it anymore. You can't have fucking hell, look at that $10 million prize pool with no sponsors. And in fact, actually, they did get a sponsor, but it's a dodgy piece of shit company that's known for scamming. So we'll kick up a stink on Reddit, now they have no sponsors. Oh, but are the same people who got the sponsor pulled for it being dodgy? Are you going to chip in? Nah, we just want to see the fireworks. This cannot go on. And, the, you know, there's a lot going on in terms of the economics that are going to cause problems. But honestly, esports fans are going to pull their fucking fingers out their ass. Buy a jersey. Sign up to a sponsor. Buy a peripheral. Show some return beyond 
these fudged, weird, greasy Vaseline numbers that we put out there. Well, a million people saw it. Esports numbers have been absolute fucking bunk. It's like Mormonism or Scientology. Like, one of these investors are going to get to the end of one of those fucking ESC reports about Chinese viewing numbers, and it's just going to be, it was Xenu all along, motherfuckers. Like, you got to fucking wake up and understand you are complicit in killing this industry if you cannot fucking just throw it. I'm not talking about bankrupting yourself. But just pay this novel concept. Just pay a little bit for the content you get. That's it. That's all. There's plenty of free shit. I'm talking about the premium shit. I can't watch the NFL without throwing in money. I get the occasional free game. But if I want to watch every Raiders game, someone has to get paid for that Mate, privilege. Just look at the show we're doing now. The reason this show came back is because it, we used to do it basically paid by a sponsor. And then when we brought the show back as a one-off, it had a big enough fan base of people who basically were willing to bankroll it that guess what everyone watching this vod on YouTube, you're only getting to watch the show because someone else paid for it. Someone else yeah. basically like lent you their copy of a fucking movie is essentially like what happened. Like they bought the movie. That's how we are able to do the show because they put the Patreon cash in. And that's a, as a result why we still do the show. Like, yeah, it's fun to do blah, 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 all this shit. But like we have real fucking jobs, etc. We can't just dick around. Yeah. But but let's but listen, right? I'm not saying this to everybody. Some of you legit can't afford it, and you're passionate esports fans. I get that, right? But eventually, on a long enough time scale, there has to be one day where you can just pay for one event. Do you know what? If everybody just committed to that, that once in their esports lifetime, they would pay like ten dollar a ten dollar pay per view fee once for one event once in their entire like 10, 15, 20 year lifespan of watching esports. If somebody did that, and they all, if every fan committed to that, we got a profitable industry. We don't need to worry about- I'll give you an bubbles. idea. We don't need to worry about bubbles burst. I'll give you an idea. I've never heard anyone give in CSGO a monetization concept that if you could get the initial concept up and running would be brilliant. And where I took this concept actually was from an idea people had for how you could reform uh, school how school is subsidized by the government. And the concept was that you would create vouchers so that instead of you paying your tax and the tax money just goes to the school, you would basically have your tax as a voucher and you would select the school to give the voucher to. And therefore, the school would now be incentivized to please you, the parent, and provide a facility that you enjoy. So similarly, if here's what I think would be an awesome idea for something like CS, which is a very specific community. It's so different to any other, including Dota, is something like Valve themselves do something equivalent to like a battle pass. And within the battle pass, let's say it gives you like access to, I don't know, we're going to make up a number, eight events a year. And then what happens is you pick which of the eight to unlock. So if you like Blast, you're in on the Blast. If you prefer Starladder, you're in the Starladder. It would be a way where the reason I've made that mechanism is you could also then reward the TOs you like. Like the TO that goes and does the format. Like if you're a big double limb fan, obviously you're buying that Starladder event. You're buying CS Summit. You're trying to send the message to companies yep. that do double limb. I like your product. I want to support it. So I, I, there are, there's definitely ways you can do this, but you're right. The problem is it's a mindset issue. It doesn't matter what system we implement, what solution, as long as the mindset is different, we're never going to get past that. And so the problem I have to say, I have to admit, one of the reasons I'm very cynical 
is I don't know how you get past it, quite frankly. Like, I think I these think are some do. of the most apathetic people. So the problem I have is whenever people who are rich in esports tell me, how do I make all the money? I'm like, you can't, mate. We can go back in time to run as a business. You could be the best at that. But that's going to be peanuts to you. Like, how do you make $300 million a year? I don't know that, mate. I can, I, no one can tell you that. That is the uh, fucking magic. And this is one of the reasons why we're pushing out all of this fucking content for the normies and not the hardcore fucking esports fans, right? Because we're in a race against time to monetize those guys to offset what we're yes. not doing endemically. And that's and, and that's the that's the great chase. That there's this there's this finance gap between money coming in and building and revenue streams coming in, and we're desperately trying to find where we can offset the difference that we don't get from our own people, our own fans, because they've had it way too good for way too long. It's a brutal thing to have to say. I'm an esports fan myself. I don't want you to get nickel and dime by these big companies. I hope people realize that when I'm saying this, this isn't some fucking corporate bootlicker. This is a guy who's literally left hundreds of thousands of dollars on the fucking table, right? But we have got to fucking give proportionate value for what we get back. It's the only way in any ecosystem can survive. You know, right now, it, it's it's like we're just out there clubbing all the fucking bison to death and we're going to wonder why we're starving in winter. Oh, by the way, since you said it earlier, I'll, I'll even amplify what you said before. Obviously, because we all know that every internet discussion has to be about the person listening. It can't be a statement that they can ignore and go, that doesn't apply to me. So we all yeah. know there'll be that one guy over and over again. He'll be in the comment. I bet he's in the Twitch chat right now. He'll be in the Reddit thread. Different name and different face, as I say, but the same person. And what they'll say is, but Richard, my dad uh, got unemployed recently and I don't have any money. Yeah, we're not talking to you, you dumb motherfucker. You think the entire show was about you? A guy with no money, destitute, must give your last penny farthing. No. But I'd use this premise. I I even say it myself in my on my Patreon directly as yeah, so I no one can say I'm chill. I put on my Patreon literally the same thing I heard Sam Harris once say about his podcast, which people can pay to support, which is he says, if it would literally like wreck you to buy a cup of coffee in Starbucks right now, don't pay. Yeah. Like you're not the person who needs to support this. Like, and we're gonna be fine without you. Just Take care of your own situation. But if you could go into a Starbucks and buy a six dollar cup of coffee with fucking milk in that still is worth 10 cents then maybe think about supporting me that's how i'm going to be able to do this i'd say the principle like that because as we say what we're really trying to capture is the whales they're the ones that will let the rest of us go but the problem is at the moment the people who should be the whales like this is the big problem i have rich is the guy who's the whale in starcraft is this uh, in star wars rather is the super nerd right it's the guy who's literally mm -hmm. crying because his entire life somehow is linked to a fictional movie right our equivalent of that in csgo is exactly the people who won't pay the guy who's the most hardcore, the guy who's never going to pay for this. As we say, he'll he'll spend $10,000 on skins, but he won't pay one red cent for a fucking tournament. Yeah, and, and like I so said, we'll move on to, to Beijing now. I'll just have, listen, I say the same thing every stream. Like, don't, you know, throw in. I'd rather, you you know, if you sub, I'd rather it was a Twitch Prime than your own money. Take it out of Amazon's pocket. Fuck them. Amazon paid less tax than me. What a fucking absolute disgrace. You know, in, in last tax year. Imagine that, the whole of fucking Amazon paying less tax than me. Weirdo, oh, there wasn't me. a lot of... Give me, give me weird, there wasn't a lot of walk esports people tweeting about that and how Twitch is like an immoral company. I think it's weird that, isn't it? Yeah. 
Just just yeah. all Trump everything. It must be, it must be Trump be... who told him not to pay. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you know, it's it's just nonsense. So it's like, listen, guys, if you you know if you can't afford it, obviously don't chip in. If you can't afford it for esports, don't chip in. But the problem is there are people out there who can and don't and actively choose not to because they actively don't have to. That is a fucking flaw in, in the economic mechanics of our business. And it has been for years and it's never been addressed. And every TO that steps up to the plate to try and shift us in that direction gets absolutely shat on. But we're out of options, guys. You won't watch it on Facebook. You know, fine. There's valid criticisms there. I'm not saying there isn't. You won't watch it on when it was YouTube, you said, I'm not watching it on YouTube. Now, of course, after Facebook came and shit the bed, the prescribed wisdom is, well, actually, yeah, there's some good fucking tech on YouTube. You can rewind and watch it. It's better than Twitch in <laughs> I some actually, areas. I've always yeah, that was Twitch. true when you were fucking <laughs> yeah. saying you wouldn't watch it on YouTube, you cunts. Don't you understand? So you, now you deflated that. So now you don't even get the YouTube money. When YouTube were throwing money around, you all lied and said watching on YouTube was unconscionable and horrible yep. and a terrible experience. Then you got a real terrible experience when YouTube's wicked, actually. Yeah, too late, motherfucker. They closed their money bags. You could have Google money flowing into this industry, but you stupid, short-sighted cunts are going to tank this business from all of you. Give and that me was fucking just, convenience that was or just give me death. Didn't have the I emote, can't understand that mindset. That was the worst part about that story as well, is when it really boiled down to it, the real reason was they didn't have the Twitch remotes. That was it. Because they all, as you say, they lied. They lied about the quality of the experience. They lied about the functionality. They lied about, like, discovery even. Like, which of you motherfuckers is discovering the game through the fucking Twitch CSGO channel? What, you don't just go to HLTV and click the match like the rest of us? Why are you lying? So the worst thing is you literally gaslit the scene. So as Rich says here, we were in a world where we had the dream. We were this close to Google and Amazon going head to head over us. And now Twitch literally laughs in people's faces when Ninja and stuff go to mix it and fuck with the yeah. guy because they've got a yeah. functional monopoly. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm hearing as well, Twitch are going to scale back their esports spend. I've heard, by the way, that that whole thing so where, get, they, where get, they did... So it, it gets worse, guys. Oh, exactly. When they did that massive buy of the Overwatch uh, yep. broadcast rights, I've heard, basically, like, that sort of shit's never going to happen again, basically, because they now understand they're the Person ones who have everyone over that a barrel. in the company anymore. Exactly. That's all you need to know about that. They know they have everyone over a barrel. At this point in time, it's worse for you to go to the rival than it is to be on Twitch. So as a result, Twitch can now even nickel and dime the fucking TOs. Yeah, and, and, and they're saying... And that's a trickle you know, down. That's less money for the TO, which is less money for the teams, less money for... The, it's worse for everyone. And, and I keep talking about this whenever I go on all these other podcasts, like fucking Trainwrecks or Raj or whatever, and I don't think people understand the gravity of it. You know, maybe it's their audiences are generally there for entertainment, not for any sort of business talk. Um, but but the, the reality is, here's what Twitch are doing right now. When these... If you leave... Twitch, while you still have an active contract with them, which you all do, it just automatically re-ups every year if you're partnered. They tell you, if you go to a rival, you ain't getting partnered when you come back. So you all better pray, you know, all the people that are leaving for Mixit. Now, obviously, we all know Twitch will probably make exceptions if it makes sense to them with, like, Ninja and Shroud and all that. But that's their position. But if you're a mid-tier streamer... Yeah, that's the point, it. isn't it? They don't want the yeah. mass departure, exactly, yeah. So, so all... Listen... We we had a fucking moment. We had a window, but 
unfortunately, you have this mindset where is, if it's not how I like it all of the time, if it's even slightly different, if, if it even slightly inconveniences me, I'm not going to do it. Well, if that is the mindset of 90% of your supposed amazing consumer base, you are, you don't have an amazing consumer base. You don't barely have a consumer base at all because no one's consuming anything except free, easy-to-watch content. That is not a sustainable business model. It, it, go look at what's happening to digital media. And look at what, what they're going through with the rise of ad block and people not using click-through ads and how we're having to go back to the dark old days of horrible automatic plane pop-ups. That's where we're at, back in digital media, and it's all swirling down the pan. Go look at that, how non-profitable these sites are that provide all of this content. You go, oh, wow, that's a really well-edited video. I really like that. Watched it with Adblock. Won't subscribe to the channel. Won't donate to the channel. Won't, won't, won't fucking give a, a Twitch sub when they do a, a, a live stream discussing the video they've done. Watch Reading every article with Adblock. Guys, like, they're fucked. Digital media is dying on its own. I'll give you an example. Right Here's a great example, right? I've often said, it's actually something that probably surprises people that I personally would have this position. I always say those videos that the score esports does where they try and tell you like the whole history of a player's career or some super key moment, right? I actually think they are good for the scene in as much as they're, they're created by people who are semi-plebs for plebs. So people who are new to the scene, like some of those concepts don't exist as a video. Like, yeah, I could make a video doing that, but I haven't. So they don't exist. So I actually like some of those videos as like a primer for the newer fans. So I can see why they're popular, why people like them. But I, I, I obviously just now think they're shit in terms of some detail because the people who did them don't know what they're talking about. But what I'll say is this, even they can't justify those videos. Like, let's say one of those videos, because you know those videos do pretty well on YouTube. Some of them get like 400k views or something, you know. If you know how much 400k views is worth from ad rev on YouTube, there's no way that they can be paying the hours that it took contracted the guy who worked, made the video, the editor of the video, the guy who's an editor who worked with him on his script. These are like might be minimum three people's salaries for, let's say, 10 hours work each. Do you imagine they're all being paid like $1 an hour? Like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? Like, even those videos actually are basically losing money. That's a company taking money from, I don't know where, investors, again, and basically giving you free content that's worth money and somehow letting you have it for free. Like, it's such a whack model. I know we can't get out of it. None of us can. We're all trapped no. in it. But it's such, a, it's such a crazy world to be in. But you know what? You know how many people as well in the chat are all going, ha look, I use Adblock. No one's criticizing you. Yeah, you, you have to use Adblock to negotiate the internet these days. No problem with that. Just you can't, even go to, you can't even go to a fucking porn website without getting a worse, grosser kind of porn intruding on your actual only semi-gross porn that you have to jerk off to because you're in your late 30s and you're jaded and miserable, right? <laughs> that definitely applies to all the chat, right? So you have to use an Adblock. You have to use an Adblock to go to a site that's just fucking deliberately maliciously trying to fuck you up no i don't care if that game's gonna make me come i don't want to play that fucking game i don't want to grow people and impregnate them or whatever the fuck you're talking about i need an ad block to just get around that shit fine that's perfect no one's talking about that to any of the people who speak up for the virtues of fucking ad block right to any of the people who speak up for the virtues ad block actually use the whitelist you know, for the fucking sites that they do like, do oh, want to support. Not. not one he has a fucking whitelist. And they make it they sound like they're a fucking fuck community hero if they do it, it, don't they? They make it sound like they've done something huge. You know what? I like your content, so I'm going to... 
I'm going to whitelist you. Thanks for the one cent, fam. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for the one cent. Literally would make more on a fucking street corner in Vegas right now. <laughs> fucking. It's all about that beats. About that beats. <laughs> fucking dancing while fucking drunk gamblers launch pennies at my fucking red head. Like, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, fucking hell. What a, what a, what an absolute nonsensical fucking economy we've got ourselves into and the fans of course they're beyond reproach you cannot ever criticize the fans criticize the tos criticize the vc criticize the orgs all valid by the way seems to say hey guys you do know you play a part in all of this <laughs> hold on there richard don't attack the fans you're nothing without the fans you're nothing without us we can end you tomorrow we can cancel you tomorrow like great mindset guys great talk yeah, oh yeah, by yeah, the way they're wrong because here's the thing if esports tanks completely in the next 10 years and becomes an incredibly tiny thing, every single one of those fans could still be there. The scene will be 100 times smaller. And it won't matter. Yeah. You're all still there. You're all still watching. Your eyeballs are still on the screen. You won't have a scene. It'll be incredibly small again. Yeah. Like you, the same amount of people we watching Counter-Strike Source at the end as they were at the fucking start. It ain't there now. You know? Fuck me, dudes. All right. Anyway. Let's talk about from We go from horribly economics is it just me who's lagging on? Uh, you want to try changing the region yeah, yeah. to? I'm gonna change it. Hello. There you go. There we go. It's just I think the region was on the wrong one. It's back now. Yeah, no worries. Oh, um, every time I talk about fucking China, though, I do get lagged. <laughs> like I, I am still. Yeah. I am rapidly. Now, yeah. I, I literally say the word China and I just lag. <laughs> and and again, understand I'm lagging, but just call it the Middle Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, lagging, oh, I'm lagging on Discord with 20, no, 13 ping on Discord. How's, how is this a thing? It's in the red. I don't even understand. Whatever, fuck it. Uh, so there was an event in China, IEM Beijing. Um, always got to love, by the way. I ain't letting you off the hook, ESL. Uh, never doing it. Never doing it. Um, you fucking were doing the same thing what Activision Blizzard were doing. The word free was banned in the IEM channel during this. So you could not even type free Hong Kong. You couldn't even type the word free. It would just automatically time people out. Nothing Orwellian about that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't worry, guys. That's that's perfectly acceptable. I also that's saw so fucking. I also saw Carmack as well tweeting out, going, "Ah, oh, it's a goddamn shame. I'm not going to be out there in bloody China. I bloody love that place. Fucking hell, fucking hell. What are we doing? What are we doing? You do know we we. There's no need to cause you up to fucking all these like evil regimes. There's enough money. There is enough money to go around without them. It's all right though. Don't worry. No problem. Uh, so so yeah. Don't ever type free Hong Kong in in any Star Laddie. You can't do it either. You know. Listen, because I bang on Activision Blizzard, but I've got to be a, I got to be an equal opportunity banger, right? Or or what I'm doing is sure. fake and, and and biased. So the the CS tournaments are doing it too. Just saying, you couldn't type Winnie the Pooh, you can't type the word free, definitely can't type Hong Kong. Ooh, what happened in oh, 1989, way, guys? Yeah, they're not talking about Ghostbusters 2. This connects to what we were saying earlier, because guess what? What are people going to do when they're desperate and they have no money coming in? Go wherever the fucking money is. Exactly. So that means you'll have massive events in the Middle East, you'll have loads of events in certain places in Asia, and it won't matter what the country is like. It won't matter what values you essentially are buying. Like when you go and host an event in a country, you're basically making a vote that I want this comp this country and its economy to succeed. I want it to continue how it is. 
So, like, that's the reason why with Blast Pro Series next year, with some of these esports events yeah. now, like, they're going down a dark path because, partly because they're like a guy where the building's on fire coming up to them and they have to jump out eventually. Like, there's no, there's no yeah. solution at the moment. So, yeah, let's just, uh, you know, it's all right, though. Don't worry. This is, you know, let's, let's, let's have an esports tournament in a country where if you get caught, uh, if you if you fail a drugs test, which they can just impose on you at gunpoint, uh, you literally are just off to a fucking prison, like, and you'll you'll be in there for a long, long time. Don't worry about it, guys. That's good, right? That's a good way to do. It. Don't don't let let's have tournaments in countries where if you get caught with alcohol, ooh, you're gonna get your hand chopped off. Let's have tournaments in countries where, ooh, homosexuality is illegal. So you By the way, God forbid, fucking CS or whatever. God forbid this ever happens. You just get but disappeared. I, I actually am waiting for the day where, unfortunately, that happens to someone who's one of the players at the tournament. Like one of them goes out. Who all it would take is someone like, like this might sound like a harsh example, but I'll give it just because it's a good one from oh, I'm thinking of. Someone like Smooya. Like he's not the most world weary person. No. He's, you know, he's only been in a few events. He's a young guy from the UK. He probably, if he goes to some other countries, doesn't know the culture, etc. Someone like that could very easily go out with a bunch of the other players off to a nightclub without the rest of the people, get wrecked. Go to some other after nightclub after that with a chill out, and they'd not, they're not going to know that they're in the wrong place. And so, yeah. sadly, I've already seen it happen on a lower level with what used to happen in Kiev, actually, where people were literally getting rolled by the motherfucking police of Kiev yeah. hostage for their money because back then there was no social media pop. You couldn't get the word out there to the world. Nobody gave a fuck. And even more sinister, are you ready, guys? We went back to Kiev every year. We just <laughs> pretended it didn't happen. Literally, ESL included. Like, so that's the world we'll be in soon. Maybe so, we had that I'm fucking we had that StarCraft event where someone got kidnapped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally got kidnapped and 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 held in a car and fucking like it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous, mate. And and people don't realize that there's nothing you can do. You're nothing you can do if you disappear. If you disappear in in the, these um, if you, dis you disappear in these countries, you ain't coming back. And and again, people saying what you're making that up for. Yeah, all right, just just fucking Google it. People in the chat are already telling you how to find it. You silly con, get the fuck out of my chat. I don't care if you're a sub or not. I'm gonna sit here and lie for fucking your entertainment. You stupid prick. Um. Anyway, so just saying. Yeah, we don't. We're not giving you American money. We'll just go and find it wherever it is. China, great. China number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. So anyway, there was Beijing. The Chinese teams are at the bottom. Um, it's all good, it's all fine. No mention of Hong Kong, no mention of anything bad about China, no mention of Uyghur Muslims. Let's just do the esports thing, uh, except when we come back to America, and then it's like, how can we raise uh, awareness of all of these social events and social problems? And, and, let, and let's do that on American soil. But when is, uh, when is and by the way, you're all bigoted unless you agree with American culture at the moment, <laughs> right? So, anyway, let's talk about Ents because I think that's a good place to start. Sure, fucking hell. As they're ever right, I called it. I called the rise of the star player mindset and getting rid of in-game leaders. Did a video on it. It's on YouTube. You can go check it out. Said that this was a dangerous trend and it was actually going to ruin a lot of good foundational. Ah, has he lagged? Chance of actually have a lagged again. Yeah, you're back. Wait a sec. I think you're back though. So frozen. Fucking China. We can hear you, but. Have a change. See about that. Oh, there a sec. Ooh, this isn't a good sign. Hello. Uh, what? He hasn't joined at all. What the fuck? No, I'll change back. There's house, by the way. There we go. 
Hello. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I think we're back. Yeah, I think I'm, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be like this for a bit, probably, guys. Uh, I've I've invoked the magic words, so uh, it's time for some bad internet, my friends. Um, are you, are you there? Funny thing is, people will think you're joking about that. I don't even think it's a joke, mate. Like, I've said this many, many times. Mm. In what universe would massive transnational corporations not do stuff to fuck with us on the internet when we do when we speak out against them? Of course they would. So yeah. the idea that, like, people wouldn't just do this is what people who are, like, prominent... Yeah, they would. It's not that hard. Everyone knows you can get a tiny little botnet and take someone down. Um, so, so anyway... Uh... The the Ents move with Alexi B now is is rapidly approaching worst roster move in in history. This is an event where you're looking at the the roster. It's it's a pretty tough field for Ents, sure, but it's again it's the manner of the results. It's it's the sheer lack of competitiveness, it, it, you know, in these games. That their first map of the tournament, they get banged out sixteen three by uh, Renegade. Sorry, hundred thieves. Uh, they drop a map to Vici. <laughs> like, guys, like, what the fuck? And, 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 and the map that they want to stay in the tournament was 16-13. You know, the, against Vici, guys. Meanwhile, you've got Sergey. He's still one of the best young players. In the world. You fucked your balance, guys. You fucked your balance. And it's not even as simple as saying, oh, Entz has the, uh, they can't abuse the org meta anymore or, or, or whatever. Because uh, this is this is the time where you've you've still got the fucking Greeks, still got the SSG. That's one of the most abusable guns of all time in in Counter Strike. Like so, you know, if you know what you're doing with that gun, and you've definitely got the players who can use it, it's it, you know they're just not a good team right now. They're not a good team. People aren't performing individually, but they look tactically bereft. They struggle against teams that are hitting them with coordinated executes. I can't tell you how many times like if you go in the games I watched here. There were so many times that Ents would just be like, it's 15, 20 seconds into a round and, and they've already lost a man somehow. And then also as well, like when when it came to executes on the site, on their CT side, which famously they used to have a very good CT side, they would just literally give up a site like it was nothing, wouldn't even get a kill. And you're like, what is this shit? Like it, it's so just not who, who they are. So anyway, Ents managed to win one uh, best of three uh, and two maps um out of three um so you know out of three best of threes and it was against vici that was their great beijing experience i think sergey like put on instagram or whatever saying you know or at least we had fun <laughs> he's playing lights out still but i don't know dude i think i think them getting rid of alexi b it's it's the one of the worst decisions i, I just can't believe where they were like you know, the start of the year compared to where they're going to be at the end of the year. It's horrific. Like, this is one of those things where I hope we're not far away from when they can just come out and fucking say publicly what's going on. Because basically, based on the stories I've heard behind the scenes, this is actually, bizarrely, and actually are trying to do Alexi B a favour. Like, they don't want to air the dirty laundry what happened. By the way, yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm, not teasing, I'm not teasing anything crazy. That's the that's why I actually find this weird. It's not that he fucked someone's girlfriend or, you know, stood up and said, fuck you guys, about or whatever. Like, it's actually stuff that, like, might sound minor. It's just that if it comes from your captain and if it comes from the leader of the team and stuff, like, you could see how people could be annoyed by some of this, like, just level of professionalism or where your heads are or are you as committed to this project as we are. It's that sort of a thing. The problem is... It's like the the phase example. The problem was this. It's not that you can't kick that player. You can. 
But the question is always, what's on the other side of the deal? What's the other side of the trade? And if the other side of the trade, like Fears found out, can't be good enough, because in this scenario, it fundamentally changes the team. Even if you don't like that, like things aren't perfect, you almost have to like work with that because the alternative isn't better. And so the problem I see with Fears is, I personally thought as soon as they changed Alexi B anyway, it was time to forget the old ends and just reformulate entirely and try and basically become like a finished phase or something like, play around the skill of your players more. Unleash Sonny, get these, Sergey, get these guys just popping off, fragging everyone. Let's see if we can push them to be superstar players. At the moment, basically, Sonny and Sergey play well in a bunch of the games, but they're nowhere near the superstars of Counter-Strike, so you don't have the big hitters. Then the rest of the players, like Alu's like sort of in the middle, and he's the IGL now. And then the other two, Ariel and X7, are fucking dire right now. They are appalling in the Counter-Strike now. Like X7's oh, yeah. numbers have even gone down from what he had. And then so no, but that's Ariel what we talked about, wasn't has it? never we recovered about from it. this move. Can good form? Yeah. No, he fucking can't, can he? Because I would even imagine he's the sort of player who, by the way, he's contributing to it, but he benefits from having a team with great team play and chemistry and they know what they're doing strats-wise. That helps lesser players. That's why often I rave about the, the MSL teams because they take players having a shit and make them competent, make them able to do something in the game. The point is, the reason also why running a phase-style team doesn't work for many teams is because that's actually really fucking hard to make a team like that work. Like You can't just go and tell CS players... Oh, you're playing uh, the, the top five teams in the world. Just frag out in all the games, will you? You have to be a, a, a mutant to do that. That's why the even the premise of Cold Zero and Nico thinking, we don't need an IGL. We'll just both frag out against all the best teams in the world. It is the most ludicrous premise ever. That's like some stupid body cop movie theme. Like the idea you do it in real life is, is beyond stupid, isn't it? I do like Lethal Weapon, though. Um... <laughs> I think it's rapidly getting to the point where they need to contextualize and explain what was going on because it looks completely senseless. I don't know how you can do it in a professional manner, though, if it's as bad as what they say. You're either throwing a player under the bus um, and it's going to be he said, she said. So it, it's very hard. It needs to come out. Like somebody Based on what I've heard, they really should have come out with it. Like it, It's not that mm. big a deal. It's not the end of the world, by the way, what they're going to reveal. It's not even as bad as the Kishima stories I told you. But oh, when you hear you. the story, you'll be able to vaguely understand why they might think, well, oh, maybe I'm out on this guy. And the problem is, in thinking they're doing him a favor by covering his, by covering for him, what are they doing? Deflecting all the hate on themselves. Like, I tell you what hasn't fucking aged well, that Alu tweet, where he was no. like, it's just because we haven't been to many, like, home yet and haven't practiced and that. You know, we've already played nine PCWs. Send me all your hate. That is, by the way, the dog. And listen, Alu's the only person I could get away with that because he probably doesn't check his Twitter, probably doesn't give a fuck. But what Alu didn't think of there, by the way, you know what? Here's one thing I'll say right now. If you're some of Mens, think about this for a second. You've just removed someone from the game because you didn't like certain things about their attitude or the way that they approached the game. Your new in-game leader has just told all their fans to hate his fucking team. He can take it, but you know what? I don't know if the others can. I doubt all five players in Enslite having fucking hate sent their way or having fans literally basically antagonize your own fans. Like, mm. I do that because I'm a nutter. I don't want someone like fucking X7 to, to have to experience that. This guy's just a guy trying to play his career. He's not even a vocal guy. He would never say something like that. So the problem is, Alo, it's not going to bounce on you, mate. It's going to bounce on everyone. And in fact, because you don't get as bad stats as X7, it's going to be X7 and Ariel who get fucking cut from this team, by the way, and who get their careers ended through to the, the shit show events now. 
Alou will survive because Alou is ends, isn't he? So I even think that was so badly managed doing that aspect of the PR. That was one of the dumbest moves I think I've seen. In the no, world. yeah, it's it's really weird. Like a lot of people in the chat are typing, "Oh, did you see that thread about the ownership?" That's like a nothing burger, homies. What was the gist of this? Right. So basically, Alou owns like a sizable stake in the team. Oh, it's obvious if you think of the context how they made the team. Yeah. Yeah. And Sonny owns one percent, and now uh, as in just in, now or before, but the implying he was always only one percent. No, as in he got it on the way in. Oh right, okay. And Entz, this was in an interview by uh, from an Ents executive in Finnish media, so they're not hiding it. They were being transparent, oh, okay. actually. Um, so we'll we'll clear that up. The Reddit thread uh, framed it by saying, "Well." Look, the the kicking of Alexi B looks even more suspicious now. It's like, no, it doesn't look like that at all. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's absolute nonsense. There's nothing improper about this at all. In fact, increasingly, players are getting equity in orgs when they um, when they sign up because they want a nest egg when they're on the on the way out. And I'm, I see you looking there, Duncan. I don't know how they, they arrived at that conclusion anyway. But I saw that thread, and there was a bunch of people going, "Yeah, that is really weird, isn't it?" No, none of none of that is weird in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Now the thing that the thing that is interesting is okay. Lurpis has an ownership in it, and obviously also yes. has a stake in um, the Immortals. Yeah, I assume, yeah. Group. Or he yeah. works for Immortals, yeah. Well, I don't know if with that I don't know if he has a quit in Immortals or not. Yeah. I, I mean, largely. Around. I will say it's a conflict of interest. It goes without saying to fucking own a team that literally plays your team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that goes without saying. And, and, and listen. I don't Just think my boy, I'm not going to pretend that's not real. <laughs> Obviously, like, I don't agree with a lot of Lopez's perspectives on things. In fact, I would say in many ways we are we have always been fundamentally diametrically... Just important. philosophically, you know? You're just, you're yeah, well, you know, just little things. Like, historically, he thinks, like, leaking, like, roster news before it yeah, happens. Yeah, he, he has some weird takes on things. Yeah, it's, it's not that. It's not, He thinks it's not journalism and has zero value for anybody and actively shouldn't be done and is unethical. And it's like... You worked as a journalist. Like I don't understand how you have that perspective. So he has a lot of he has a lot of takes. I definitely don't agree with. Um, I, I think we've agreed one time in our, in, our, in our history. But at the end of the day, we're not the same people we were when we used to beef with each other. So this isn't anything personal. This isn't digging him out. I don't think he's done anything untoward. I think he's a oh. huge. He's an iconic Finnish esports figure. You know, he's like certainly one of. The I'd also even say, by the way, actually knowing him as a person in line with what you just said because he has such rigid thoughts and philosophies mm. he's actually the sort of person where i would imagine he wouldn't do anything specifically for that reason even he could get away with it yeah no and and, and, and that sort of person you know and, and, but but it does raise a question that with these rules that cs uh sorry that the Valve Valve thing. Said about yes. yeah about the majors that was one of the things i thought as soon as i saw that yeah yeah it it creates um it creates this idea of entanglement and you know i think based on my interpretation of the, the what Valve are trying to say with their recent blog post and, and the blog post prior to it, I think they're trying to say, like, we just don't want you to be involved yes. in multiple teams financially. So there's this idea that maybe he might have to sell those uh, sell that percentage up of Ents, which I'm, I'm sure as a guy who does like to play the stock market and, and tweets endlessly about Tesla and everything else, uh, probably will we'll understand that in doing that, he's not going to get market value. I think the plan is to hold on to that for as long as possible, because right now, 
you know you want you want somebody to buy ents and that's in that whatever percentage yeah, you have six percent or whatever or ten percent or fifteen percent you want that to have as much value as possible so um you know that that was the only thing worth talking about but it's barely worth talking about because that you know i can't even think can't even think of any tournaments have they played has any immortals group owned team played ents recently has MIBR played ENTS? Like, let me think. I, I think, I don't even know if they've ended, attended any tournaments together yet. Let me think. Yeah, is that no, no, like... I think they were both at the Blast Moscow, weren't they? Am I mistaken? Well, was, was MIBR at I, I ask again, have they played any tournaments <laughs> together? Sure. Um, that might not but... be true anyway, I'll double check. Yeah, someone in chat will fucking know uh, the wisdom of crowds and everything. But anyway, we, we can move on from that topic. Yes, really apparently right. they were at Blast Moscow, but they both came last place anyway, so who gives a fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, but it's something, to, it's something to keep an eye on. I, I think Lopez will probably make a statement about it at some point, and you know, that'll be that. Uh, anyway, let's move on with the IEM Beijing talk. Uh, let's talk about 100 Thieves, obviously newly picked up. It's their first outing. Uh, they made it all the way to the, the uh, as 100 Thieves. Uh, team hasn't changed, obviously. They made it all the way to the final. Um, a lot of people were saying, wow, you know, it shows that uh, Nadeshot was very savvy oh, here and, and picking these right. guys up, and maybe they are going to get better. Now, I'll say one thing. Um, certainly the amount of content already that that 100 Thieves have done around this team, it, it far eclipses anything FaZe has done with their CS team. Like, by a million sure. miles already. So it shows what we knew about Nadeshot, that there would still be that con content focus, there would still be that lifestyle brand kind of uh, framing of the team, um, and it's going to stay like that. I mean, 100 Thieves were in a fucking tight ship. Like, uh, there's no doubt about it. There's a reason why they've gone from being, a, 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 like, essentially a startup to being a, considered, like, what financially one of the biggest brands in esports in a really short space of time, guys. Um... But uh, but that being said, it all pretty much hinges on 100, like, 100 Thieves beating Ents is nothing. Like, straight up right now, like, anybody beats Ents. I'm amazed they didn't fall to Vici, honestly. I, I honestly could have saw that coming. If I'd have been on a desk making a prediction, I'd have definitely thrown that one out there. Um, but the, the, this all hinges on the Vitality game. And uh, it, was, it was a really strange series. Did you watch this one? Sure. Because Vitality come out very competent on Mirage. When 100 Thieves uh, were, were then playing on Vitality's pick of Nuke, I'm like, well, this is done. Yeah. This is a 2-0 uh, because I just didn't see how 100 Thieves could win on Nuke. 16-14, super close. Um, Got to be said, like, th there, was a, there was a couple of, like, rounds where Vitality made, like, some horrendous uh, mistakes. Uh, and it, it, it should have been a 2-0 in my opinion. Uh, but then I think Vitality knew that mentally, and then you just get out of nowhere a 16-2 on Inferno. Like, 100 Thieves are not that good on Inferno. No, they no, bang no, out no. a fucking Ziwoo team. Um, they're not know, a stomp team anyway. They're, no. they're the team that, like an end that normally grinds you up like 16-12 or something, don't they? Yeah. But, but credit where it's due, like, JKS fucking chewed him the fuck up on that map. It was ridiculous how good he played. Um, and, you know, Zewu didn't even get into double figures. Um, so let's start with, you know, like, so we'll talk about 100 Thieves. Um, they, you know, they then go on to the final and they get blown out 3-0 because it's best of five because it's an IEM event. Um, and I think they'll be happy with, like, being a runner-up. Runner 
But the reality yes. is, I still don't ever see this team beating an Astralis <laughs> that that's prepared and, and, and taken an event seriously. I don't see them ever beating any top team when it comes down to the, the, the nitty gritty did a lag again. No, no, you're still there. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought I heard Sam mumbling. No, um, the, uh, I'm just hearing voices now. It's got to that stage. <laughs> All good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them ever beating a top-tier team, but I see them being comfortably top 10 for quite a while. And in that sense, it's not a terrible pickup. And this is like, this was the perfect event. I, I honestly think they factored this in. When you looked at what their next event on the calendar was going to be, this was an event where obviously, like, with the teams out of there, two of them being Chinese, one of them being Ents. It's not like it's not like it's going to be very hard for you to get what looks on paper a respectable finish. Yeah, the easiest so, group. Yeah, and they had the easiest Wait, group. So yeah, yeah so it, it was it, you know runner up here is good, but it doesn't really say anything. It's about the best you could hope for, like you say. Like yeah. first of all, they had zero chance in that final. Like one of the sad things for both Ents, the old Ents, and then this Renegades team now Hundred Thieves is, first of all, neither of them could do anything to Astralis because, like, try playing tactical counter-strike against Astralis, try having the same map pool as Astralis, but half as big. Like, they cover everything you have. Like, literally, no joke, 100 Thieves was having to pick Vertigo. Like, that was their chance to win the series. Like, we got to go into Vertigo. Not even our best map. Just, just to have something weird to throw in the, in the works, as it were, try and do something weird, because any map we actually play... Strauss is going to dust you off. I, I agree with what you said before. The big problem with this team is in the post-roster move, post-major world, where all these teams have potentially upgraded, it's unreasonable to think this can be like a top four team of the world. It just can't. That's just unreasonable. Like, mm. this is a team where if they do really, really well, they'll be like the fifth best team and they'll be the fifth team that beats all the teams below them and beats no one above them. Like, for this team to win a best of three over a team, Liquid and Evil Geniuses, maybe even FaZe Clan now, it's going to be hard. Like the, yeah. the like the the big problem is like the. I, I think this is my problem with Hundred Thieves is, I feel as a team like they're capped out. Like everyone in the team's doing their job, playing as well as they can play. They've got the map pool sorted. I think Kassad's one of the best coaches in CS:GO. But the problem is like, where's the room for growth? Like unless you're going yeah. to add a superstar player or something, I don't know how you get better. Because I like everything. What's funny is Hundred Thieves is a team I like to watch. I actually enjoy watching them play. It makes no, sense. I'm, the way I'm, they play. I'm the same. I'm the same. I, I really. But I just, do. it doesn't make me delusional. Make you think they're going to win the tournament, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like they've got a, they've got a lot of hallmarks. They've kind of transitioned now. I I think they've gone beyond being thought of as an Australian team in in the sense that you know in terms of identity. Because what I used to think about Australian teams were is that they were all like hyped, really you know like great uh, mindset for the game but really lacking in kind of polish and an and overall skill set and they go to tournaments and they'd be brash and they might get an upset but that'd be about it this is now an, a classic na team you've got your in-game leader that occasionally frags you've got your two-star players that are certainly capable of fragging out and are very consistent and probably could be transferred off to other teams you have an inconsistent orper and you have classic a classic na hallmark yeah exactly right <laughs> It is, and then you, is, yeah. yeah, and then you have and then you have a, a role player, a support player whose stats are always terrible, but you kind of suspect deep down he's the glue of the team. Yeah, which I would say is another NA hallmark. So sure. they, they're kind of like a typical NA team now in that sense. Uh, and obviously, yeah, one superstar as well in the form of JKS, no doubt about that. Um, so I, I, I think they they're gonna they're gonna go to tier two tournaments in 2020 and win. 
And the good thing is the 100 Thieves branding is going to frame it like that's important. They're going to have, you know, they're going to do it right. They're going to have videos of them winning the trophy. They're going to have like, a, a, you know, nade shot at the event talking about what it means and to all of the fans. Because keep in mind, a lot of 100 Thieves fans probably... I haven't watched a lot of Counter-Strike. And they're going to be hyped up and going, yeah, 100 Thieves, we're fucking doing it across all of the games. But in terms of them winning a serious tournament, I still can't see it. And I agree with your assessment. I just don't see if you ever needed to make an improvement. I, I think this is like, to make an improvement in this team, it's the final brick in Jenga. You you, you can't touch it or it comes tumbling down. That, that's your choice. Um... So, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'd also stuff. even say, like, let's tie the topics together. In light of what just happened with the Ents move, where Ents was a similar team with similar qualities, and they were just about mm. on the brink of being really, really good, but not quite really, really good. Like, that's the other problem. I'm also afraid now with the 100 Thieves lineup, if I remove a player, maybe it just destroys the whole chemistry. So yeah, exactly. even the gamble's a bit tricky on that one, you know. It's not as simple yeah, as and, and that was why I was reluctant when they better. picked him up in the first place, because I thought, listen... I know Nade shot. He does. It's not just about content. He does demand excellence. You know, he was sure. a very um, driven competitor himself. He has that in his DNA, and that's the problem. When things do, they're in a good purple patch of form right now. But this is peak 100 thieves, and if they don't improve, and I don't think they will, what do you do next? And unfortunately. You're probably talking about it'd have to be what liars or is it is it Jacob or do you try and upgrade your Orper? Like it, it's a fucking nightmare. I wouldn't say any of that necessarily is a good idea. Um, you got your in-game leader, you got your star player. You need to keep them. So there's not really a lot of areas you can move into, and and it creates this tricky problem for Hundred Thieves management potentially down the line. Uh, let's talk about vitality. Oh, by the way, one thing I didn't oh, yeah, throw in as well, just as yeah. an added detail, is like obviously me and you have seen this squad since they were the Vox M and all guys at the beginning of CSGO and eventually emerged into the team it is now where Azure and GKS still remain. Well, another thing that I would be very, very careful about fucking with this squad over is they have a mentality that's nothing like that old squad. Because as you said, all that old squad had was, you come to the event, hey, look, we've all got Australian flags away. Let's fuck these cunts up. We're fucking mad cunts, yeah. And then, and then what happens is, when you go out to the tournament, you can keep it up. It's all about the shtick, isn't it? You're almost like a jobber wrestler where you've got a gimmick and it's like, yeah, I've got some fans, but you know, not everyone wants to see me. The problem is, though, they used to be infamous for just breaking mentally in tournaments. That's the whole reason why Sponge had yeah. to become a fucking analyst. He couldn't handle it anymore. It was, yeah. he was destroying the guy because he'd be doing all this work in practice. He'd tell you the stories in practice. We're beating this team, we're winning this map and then the server in the tournament none of it happened and people would have a bad game and people would just be all moping around and looking down so the fact that they've got a squad now that seems like they're on the right page and they believe things are possible be very careful fucking with that chemistry as well yeah and the, and the big story is as well like you finally got jacob like like uh back into a place where he looks like a, a player that was comparable to what he was in 2015 i mean he went he fell off a fucking cliff and this was last chance saloon. He's he's grabbed that chance with both hands. I mean, he's he's playing really really well at the moment. So, uh, just some thoughts on vitality as well, because sure. I feel for me we're at a stage now where we can start assessing the shocks move. And um, I I think when you're losing, all due respect to hundred thieves, I think when you vitality and you're losing to hundred thieves in semifinals uh, of of tournaments that are part of a circuit. That, you know, if you win so many over the course of a year, you get a big prize. Um, I think Vitality have to be in that conversation. And what happened here to me 
was the classic French capitulation. And I almost want to say it's not just a hallmark of French teams. It's, it's a hallmark of Shocks teams. You know, if you go look at the numbers, uh, I think um, Shocks was only just above Apex in raw fragging power, which isn't a great sign. Uh, second from the bottom. Of he also on the last map, like you're saying, yeah. shit the bed completely. Exactly. Mate, at the he same was, time was, as JKS was taking over the whole server. Yeah, he was Imagine saying that a few years ago. Shocks will bottom frag in a game where it, JKS is carrying the whole motherfucker. Like, what universe is this in? Are we playing Fortnite or something? What are you talking about? And it, it, it's really hard because I was never sold on this move anyway, but they did have that good tournament where they made it to a final first time out. Yeah, Malmo. Yep, at Malmo. And you're like, okay, there's there's room to grow there. I think the thing is this. Uh, Shock's teams don't ever grow, do they? They never, they never, I mean, well, they haven't for a long time. They don't, you know, they don't start out like, oh, this is good. And then they get better and better and better and better. And then they plateau and they peak and they break up. Never goes like that, does it? They're like this. They they have one great tournament. Everyone's like, oh, they've arrived. They drop down. They have a bad tournament. Everyone's like, why did that happen? They're wildly inconsistent um, from from their genesis to their inevitable demise six months later. And that's why for me right now, and this is like a really controversial statement, uh, probably for any pundit or analyst to say, I kind of feel that like if you're serious about wanting to build something, um, you know, with some permanence and some growth potential, I don't think Shocks is your man. I think he's a fantastic player. I love to watch him. He's got that series winning potential, tournament winning potential, if he sustains it. But I don't know. I was always skeptical about this. And and what's interesting is Zewu went missing in that 16-2. And we, when, how often do you see that? But when you look at the numbers for that series, it wasn't like the usual, like Zewu dropping like 70s, 80s, and everyone else lagging behind and they lose narrowly. It was Zewu was like the rest of the pack. Him and Alex were like really close together statistics wise. Like I, I always was worried about Shocks coming in and his star player needs detracting a little bit from Zewu. And that's great if they both go off yeah. and they take over a whole game. Exactly. But I kind of feel they've got themselves in that Nico Cold Zero territory. Yeah, um, the main problem for me is like you've you've hit on the head what I think actually, which is basically if you have shocks, which by the way, if it's in the right year, brilliant player to have. Yeah. You have to have him when he's at his peak. He has to be a world beater, just like the Nikos and the Cold Series of the world. Because the thing is, when you're a world beater, all of a sudden, all those things with your ego and the, what you do, they become very minor because you're smashing people in the server. We can put up with those demands. We even, in the West, culturally, fuck ourselves in the mind to believe you're almost entitled to be an arsehole if you're really talented for some reason. It's working out for me, at least. So fucking, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't disagree really with that, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the problem is, in Counter-Strike particularly, like, this isn't the shocks that they thought they were buying, unfortunately. Like, I thought the guy they were going to join was. I wouldn't have minded if he would take a slight dip, but that's because you have Z1 shocks. And now you're just running the game because we know the rest of them can run their system with their decent players. The mm. sad thing is, though, you've barely got an upgrade over MBK. Like, if you were hitting yeah. on MBK... What, you're not hitting on shocks? What's he doing differently? What, because he wins a clutch to get the same number of kills. Does that make him better somehow? I don't get it myself. Like, NBK was absolutely playing for the team. Shocks is supposed to be one of the stars and he isn't doing that right now. So, like, I think this is like their third tournament with him or something. It's not like it's the first event. Like, now's the time you actually can start judging them. So for me, unless they do a big turnaround soon, I think they've, I think they've, they've fucked themselves a bit. Like, I think they've made themselves a the worse team, unfortunately. 
Uh, yeah, and I think um, I think the thing is though that the, 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 the bounce back team they probably will do better next time out, and then we'll go, oh god, we were wrong. Yeah, they looked really good, and then they'll go to the next tournament, and then they'll be shit, and they'll go out in last place, and we'll go, oh well, fucking hell, they fucked themselves. And you just go back and forth. It's like trying to it's like trying to read fucking entrails. Like it's just nonsense, isn't it? You know, tea leaves or something. It's it, it, there's no rhyme or reason. On their day, they're good on a lot of other days they're pretty bad um and they've shown that they definitely don't have a strong mindset in in the core of the team to go from a 16 14 on your map pick and then capitulate in the deciding map in a series where you're up really speaks to mental weakness um so whatever uh astralis because i said we talk about them and then we'll start wrapping up the show uh this was the real astralis out here in china they didn't give a fuck about the blast um and just to just to underline the hilarious thing phase 16 2 them in the blast and everyone was like oh my god phase is legit it's the truth then phase which were the semi-finalists at this event their only result of note was congrats you you beat eg i'm not even gonna waste my breath on on talking about eg at, at, at this thing uh they lost i mean i'll Mike just Alex. throw in by the way because because obviously that's one area i can already see fans are gonna go mad on us right because they're gonna be like how can you talk shit you said eg was the number one team and then Fizz yeah. beat them twice in best three yeah they did which by the way again is better than i expected i give them props but i will say of all the teams that a phase clan should be able to beat eg and team liquid should be top of the fucking list they're gonna frag with you like those are the teams that are gonna give you the punches chance that's like like i don't care who you are in mma if you go into a match with another really good striker and you're a really good striker you can get knocked out anyone can get knocked out anyone can catch that wrong punch and go so yeah. unfortunately like that sort of match i realized listen i said it's legit to beat them twice but certainly it wasn't impossible that, that team could lose just match up wise. they've got the play they've got nico gold zero remember like that, that can still be good players in the game of course e e eg have fallen into that fucking like old school 1.6 fanatic thing where on day one they're terrible and everyone goes like surely this is the end for fanatic and then they would come through the lower bracket and win the old fucking tournament um e what happened in the second series they lost a phase which was 2-1 it was 16-12, 16-14, That's an eminently winnable series for Evil Geniuses. They looked like a completely different team on day two. That hinged on a few rounds. That literally hinged on a few clutches. Again, anybody looking at that and fucking going, oh, yep, phase of the truth, phase of back. Let's just have a look at the Astralis game, right? Remember, they 16 2 them in the tournament previous to this. What did they get served up? 16-0 on Dust 2. By the way, hilarious fact, just for you to all consider now. Cold Zero has been 16-0'd in four different lineups every time on Dust 2, I think it is. <laughs> like, that map must be in his fucking nightmares. Ah, oh, the sand. Ah, oh. like, just fucking brilliant. And then 16-2 on, on Nuke, which is the, the map that you're supposedly now starting to put into your fucking pool or whatever. Oh yeah, and Fizz picked us two and did it to themselves. They weren't even close. And they weren't even close because what happened is Astralis gave a fuck about this tournament. Astralis, no, like we can go, we're, we're going to get invited to all the blasts anyway. There's nothing to play for. We're already in the big finals at Bahrain. They'll probably win that overall, by the way, calling that now. But the IEM games, well, that's a fucking million dollars, like 100%. We're fucking, we're back. We're, we're in for that. And just to show you how easy it was for Astralis at this tournament, Glaive was the MVP, his first ever. 
I'll give someone, I'll give everyone a stat that will, because here's the big problem, right? Everyone already knows that one of the things people say about Glaive is great fragging in-game leader, right? People don't realize, even then you've got to draw a distinction. Like he's not a great fragging in-game leader, like when Shox was an in-game leader and was the best player in the world, right? It's not like that. Obviously we mean in the context of his role, like as a tactician, the frags he gets in the game, like he sometimes gets an entry kill or just like a, does some genius mid-round move that gets a free kill out of nowhere. But even then, He's not supposed to like be the MVP of the tournament. Like, that is impossible. And this is a th this is a piece of trivia that will blow people's minds. So at the end of this tournament, Glaive, when he won the MVP, which by the way, this is an MVP, I think it's totally legit. He had the numbers for it. Had numbers which in terms of like uh, average kills and average deaths were like a fucking simple tournament from last year when he's on fire. And I'll give you a piece of trivia that'll show how insane this one tournament is. It's one of the greatest outliers in Counter-Strike history, right? The rating that Glaive had on HLTV.org for this tournament was 1.48. Now in his entire CSGO career, Device, who as I said before, is essentially the lead candidate for greatest player of all time in CSGO based on most people's metrics, has only once in his career ever had a LAN that he had better than 1.48 and it was a fucking qualifier for WESG. <laughs> Glaive yeah, just eclipsed everything wild, Device but... did in terms of superstar before. Now he didn't, you know, in the way he did it in the game. Yeah, stuff. Course, but just, just to have those numbers, like that, to me, that's why I say it. that one tournament, like that's that's the greatest outlier I think I've ever seen. That's It's impossible that you could do you, it while being so You want to know so what's smart. crazy as well? There was that other stat where him and Stanislaw were the two top players for dying with unused utility, which is usually a cardinal sin, right? Sure. But obviously when you're a micromanaging yes. in-game leader, you're makes not... Sense. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of kind you of play for the team, yeah, exactly. In yeah. a way. Um, but just to then think, wait, so he was still playing that micromanaging IGL style. That's what's impossible about it, isn't it? Yeah. I know it's, it's like, like it's put it this way, th shit. this is the sort of thing where the only way it would make sense is if after the tournament, what happened? Oh, sorry, was, it was dying. It was dying with grenades in their hands and not getting to use them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the, the premise is similar. But yeah, basically, this would be like put it this way: if they came out tomorrow and said, "Oh." Actually, uh, we've got to admit something that the public didn't know. Like ESL now allows the coaches to talk. And what we had is we had Zonic call and Glaive just fragged. Like that would actually yeah. now make sense. Like I'd go, oh, there we go. Obviously that couldn't have really happened. But the idea that he was like calling it, by the way, he called a tournament in which his team didn't lose a map. So even the opponent's map pick, they win every time while fragging everyone's face off, including who's he playing? The best fucking players in the world. Yeah. He's playing Nico and Coldzera and just going, know. you know what Nico and Coldzera? You used to decide between the two of you who the best player in the world is. You're not even the best player in this server. Please move out of the way. <laughs> it's wild as fuck, man. Mental, so, yeah. but, but this is what I mean. Like, I, I just think like when you talk about these other teams and and everyone was getting ahead of themselves with the whole phase thing, Like, I, I just thought this was like the chef's kiss. It was just like so fucking perfect. 16-0, 16-2, in, in a best of three. They were already lucky to be there. I mean, I'll be I'll be real with you. I would have much rather watched Astralis CG. I would have oh, been a absolutely. much better series. I would have loved and, that. Yeah, that would have that would have really been the series of the tournament, most likely. But unfortunately, one or two rounds just didn't go EG's EG's way, and it yeah. ended up phase EG was the best series of the of the tournament. 
but um, you know, Astralis are on a on a different level to the likes of FaZe and a few aberrations at a shitty holiday camp event. Do you know Pontins, <laughs> Butlins? It it doesn't fucking it doesn't change that. And FaZe fans were really getting ahead of themselves. So this was fucking beautiful. This was a wonderful kind of you know we're resetting the table now. These are real events. If you come here, you got to come correct, or you're gonna get fucking embarrassed. Right. Let's do the questions. I was going to talk about the CS blog thing, but fuck it, we're running. We'll do it on the next one. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring it up in the next one. We already did enough with a conflict of interest shit and talking about esports fans or whatever. So, Rekabik on Steam. With the rumor that the next major is going to be hosted in Brazil, would it make sense if the TO is hosting it? You Scoots production company equal safety concerns of talent. So, I don't really quite understand the premise there. But it I would make it. sense if they brought a fucking, like, hire the Mexican cartels to drive down into South America and fucking escort the players to the venue. What are you talking about? Like, that's the biggest joke about it all. We've mentioned it so many times on this show. Like, we are just beating a dead horse. But there are real concerns, safety concerns for people going to events in that country, which we are all now going to... By the way, this ties into what we were saying earlier. Why do you think they're hosting majors in Brazil? Because they've got to squash those fucking margins or people are going to go bankrupt. You, are, you have two choices right now in esports. Go bankrupt or get another $30 million from someone in exchange, by the way, for either equity or some direct, like, you're going to give something up now. So the big yeah. problem is that's why you're going to see events in Brazil where there are, it's going to be dodgy in some areas because we have to make the cost of the venue smaller. We have to make the cost of the security smaller. We have to, we have to squash every margin we can while making the product on camera look the same as it normally does. T turns out it's usually it's still... Uh, even with top tier tos, because I saw I saw uh, Vince tweet about this recently, and obviously Moses kind of backed him up as well. Um, you know, they're all running on the liquidity issue yeah, still. Yeah, talent still getting all running on it still. Wrecked. But I mean, again, until until you're willing to fucking come together and name names, this is this is the landscape you guys are creating. I've said to everybody, talent wise, like dudes, let me do it for you. I know who's doing it, and they go, oh, but the timing. If you do it just after I tweet, it looks like I fed you something. I'm like, okay, well, you know. We Enjoy being to... broke, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? What do you want? Like, yeah, I, got one, I got one weapon I can deploy exactly, in this yeah. fucking situation, and you tell me to keep it in my holster, so fuck it. You know? Anyway. Um, but yeah, look, listen, I, I don't understand where Scoots are factoring. I, I guess what you were going for there was like, because he's involved in the CSPPA. There's only so much they can do. Um, I think he means having an external talent team, so doing the analysis. Oh, off of right, 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 right. Oh, right. I see what yeah, he means. Right, yeah. okay. I, oh, I get it now. So doing it remotely and not yeah, in Brazil. Yeah. Like, oh, right. Well, I mean, listen, it's not a bad shout. It would actually squash those margins even more, probably, than having yeah. half talent live on, on site in Brazil. But the reality is they're going to want to do that thing where um and again this is assuming the majors in brazil i heard the same rumors but i've heard them i heard them before i heard, I heard them, them for years now yeah, like, at least say, two years i think it, it, look just to pick up on duncan's point i will say this it isn't just about squashing the margins that is a definitely a a factor um you know, one of the things Valve especially like is geographical, like, you know, diversity, doing it in different places. So saying we're going to do a major in a country that hasn't had a major before. Still hasn't come in the northeast of England. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you know. Listen, you want to show some love? 
Come to fucking Darlington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a fucking mint stadium. That mate, the stadium in Darlington. Know, we'll get George Reynolds out of you know prison what? as well. I we? tell you what, there's a perfect example. Everyone in esports who wants to talk shit on me that I'm a chauvinist, mm. right? Division three, fucking Darlington. I don't know if in Division three anymore. Are they still? I think probably. No, they're not even in Division Darlington, right? Has a better football team. It's not a joke than the Spore deck that IM holds their World Championship. The, I think the, I think Darlington's football team could hold like thirty plus thousand people. It, the Spodek has it was, a capacity It was of like pretty eight. big. I don't think it was that many, but I think it was like... It's pretty big, though. It was, it was almost like premiership yeah. level, basically. That was what the scandal of it was, wasn't it? Well, yeah, because it, it fucking it. bankrupted the fucking team. Yeah. It was like it had about a thousand people going on. But anyway, yeah. So what was the other reason you were going to give? No, it's just that they wanted to global. Is, like, no, no, no. But yeah, you do want you do want to pay um, some sort of service to, to big, prominent fan bases. And there's no okay. doubt, by the way... That there is a big fan base. Oh, they have an enormous fan base, yeah. And there's all this talk about, you know, Neymar, because, you know, he's going to come out and all that. The pop you would get off, like, br br oh, know, of course. Brazil's yeah, best fucking football. I mean, to, to put that into context, that would be like if you went back in, in time and esports was a thing somehow. You know, imagine Pele rocking up at a fucking, you know, major in, yeah. in Brazil or something like that. So it, it'll be... It, Even just the premise of that is insane. Yeah. So the, the, the reality is... Um, you know, I think uh, I, I think I think it's definitely worth consideration. I think it will happen, but unfortunately, what I can't get away from is while the well, I have no doubt that the majority of the Brazilian fan base are just normal people who want to watch Counter Strike and have a good time. Every time something bad has happened, it's always been around the uh, Brazilian, the extreme margins of the Brazilian fans, the extreme outliers. And honestly, if we were doing things on a meritocracy. In the sense of like, you know, what's good for everybody, it wouldn't even be a consideration. No, no, no. Be, be, because unfortunately, we've had players spit on at Brazilian events. We've had players threatened at Brazilian events. We've had tournament organizers issue emails that I've seen to players saying, don't go out in this area, stay in your hotel rooms. We've had Brazilian fans locate where players are the night before a game and be banging on the door and shouting outside the Jesus. window and keeping them up all night. We've had multiple, I mean, countless death threats for talent, for players, for everything. This is like, this is really tempting fate. And, um, you know, I, I want to be wrong. I want to think that it'll go smooth. And, and again, those outliers will be quashed by the community. But unfortunately, I know from every time, you know, when you have guys like uh, that Gaules dude, like, you know, like he did at that event where he just like took, he took a screenshot of, I think it was Sponge or someone putting the Furia logo in the bin. Something in the I think it was Sean Gaz actually. Maybe yeah, it was the two yeah, of them combined. Gaz, something that had been done for every other team. And he does that deliberately to weaponize his fucking dumb, stupid, fan base um and who then spent you know a new father sean gares loads of threats for you loads of people loads of brazilian people replying on pictures of his kid it, it was outrageous and gaules knew that was going to happen and they go oh this come to brazil it's just I mean, why are all your memes about fucking you know having to come and fight you and stuff like, what, what, do you have any funny memes do you have any By the way, memes Did same group of people who have the thinnest skin to ever exist oh, yeah, they man. almost don't yeah. brazilians don't even have skin they're just an open wound and every word spoken in english is salt thrown into it do you want to know the one thing and then I'll you're going to tell me is, you're the banter kings fuck off the one thing i'll say this is don't worry brazil you are not the most fucking you know thin-skinned people on planet earth because china win that hands down 
they're a superpower that think everybody can fucking you know like pick on them and bully them and you know we must respect china and you so congrats you're one down from from those dudes but like again you gotta fucking make this proportionate putting a logo of a team in a trash can during a fucking analysis segment is some of the tamest shit you will ever see and it was enough to inspire people to fucking threaten the analysts again i'm sure it's all kids and it's all talk on twitter in 99 percent of the situations but, no, that but even that's unfair because for example that's another thing that I, I think is bullshit. I'm so sick of being gaslit by people in esports. So when someone says, when I say to someone, Richard, mm. oh, you are an idiot, and then my fans, which just means any idiot who presses follow on my account and any other account on the internet, when that person met, sends a, a nasty message to that person, fuck you, you are a loser, right? You never hear the end of it. Yeah, every 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 mean comment is acted as though it was the most outrageous thing. Meanwhile, we can get thousands of it, and we're supposed to go, ah, just kids. I know they're saying they'll kill you, but as long as all of them are wrong, it's fine, isn't it? Just gamble your life. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's crazy. It's like um, one or the other pick. But yeah, I mean, doing offsite talent honestly wouldn't be a bad idea in my. It's opinion. not a bad concept. Bad I will idea. say though, like with all the crowd pandering that factors into the average TO broadcast, sure. now, there's no way that's going to happen. No, no, and also say to be fair, like first of all, some talent think feel the way we do, but some of the newer ones probably don't know this shit, and unfortunately, by default, yeah. this is why actually it's a perfect example of where in League of Legends, when last year they did the World Championship remotely for most of it. That was an example of where you knew that those casters were in the pocket of Riot because they came out and they lied and publicly said they thought it was good to do it remotely and that it had upsides. Meanwhile, every caster and talent I know in esports, because they're on camera, they like to be on camera, guys. Like, guess what? They are, they have an ego. They like to be adored and to be seen and to be... So they hate doing events where you're not in front of that crowd, where you don't get the feedback of the crowd and the atmosphere. So unfortunately, I would say, I would love it. Like, I personally would like to do every event in the studio. I wouldn't give a fuck. But yeah. most talent actually want to be there in the moment and feel they want to do that picture that they all do on Instagram at a major where it's them sort of like the silhouette of like a stage light shining past. They're looking out into a crowd and they go like, it's just whatever I was bloody dreamed of when I was four and this fucking game didn't exist and I'm a liar and I've had to yeah. randomly like, it's just fucking crowbar my own life and dreams into this shit fucking video game. Why am I still playing this? Kill me, kill me. I can't go on like this anymore. End it. This, like, this is a cry for help. But everyone just likes it and goes, yeah. Shit, flame emojis. And they go, ah, oh, another day, another day in the trenches. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, so, so, and just a final point, and I'll go on to the next question. Uh, there is precedent for this. Uh, when we did DreamHack Moscow, uh, that was when all the Crimea and Ukraine situation popped off, and we did it remote from a studio in Sweden because of that. Sent Smicks out there, Dream Hack did, of course, but uh, she was the war correspondent. But um, the rest of us, we stayed. I, I wouldn't have gone to Russia, so uh, just as well, because by now I would have been that that trip would have been used to frame me as a Russian asset <laughs> and probably be in a fucking jail cell. Uh, anyway, Jerky's Minion says, What is a guilty pleasure of yours to indulge in? Like, fuck, man. I, uh, uh, imagine having time for guilty pleasure. I know one that you, I know one that's what? a guilty pleasure we both had, Richard. Oh, what's that? Reading stupid shit about pol politics and culture. Like Admit, every not, time I do it, pleasurable about no, but it's a guilty pleasure in as much as like you know it's not good. You know it's not even good for you. It's like eating a shitty Chinese at last minute when you just have you've had five, yeah, ten beers or whatever. Four, you know you shouldn't do it, but you just think ah fuck it. And then when you're in it, you just you're in the muck, aren't you? Just in the Maya going ah whatever. What's this shit? 
who's this cunt? What's he doing? Because the sad thing is, one of those things where, like, the net result, if I like, if I was observing my own life as a third party, I'd go, why are you doing that? Like, it's, just, it's not good for you. Just shit, isn't it? But in the moment, somehow, you know, I think the problem we have is, like, you know, people already comment that part of the reason why the internet's sort of fucking people's brains up is because obviously your brain isn't wired to have, like, all that stimulus all the time coming in. Yeah, from exactly, all the yeah. Well, the problem is, as a journalist, it's so hard to unplug because our entire gig is about having more info than everyone else. It's about knowing yeah. what's going on. It's about being right on the pulse of what's happening now. And so the problem is, if you don't 24-7 stay connected into the matrix, you feel like you're missing out. Even if all you're missing out on is a bunch of shit, actually, that if you looked back, 99% would be forgotten and disposable. So I'll have to say, there's my guilty pleasure. It's just like almost forcing myself to watch all this stupid shit in society, which I don't really get anything out of, quite frankly. Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's not a bad shout for that. It, it's a tough one. Like, it, there's just, I really can't frame it. Like, I, I can't think of anything I do now that's like a fucking guilty pleasure because it's just like everything. Watching the Raiders. <laughs> no, dude, <laughs> actually they're pretty good now. I've got to say they, they, they turned four, it around like, now. I have to say yeah. Derek Carr's not as bad as I thought he was. Five, five, four, and, and when you consider we've had a lot of like crazy shit go against us, like the Antonio Brown saga and birthing sure. like season long suspension, which is absolute bullshit. Even oh, if you don't like him, because um, it's predicated on things he's done in the past. Definitely not the hit that wasn't anywhere near yep. as bad as what people were making out it was. But I mean, like five, four for the season, some good on the road victories. I mean, fuck it. Like I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm not a convert yet, but. We've done what we needed to do, and that was like progress and get better. So that's not a guilty pleasure. I do, I, I, we're talking about guilty pleasure. I was saying this on stream the other day. Cleveland Browns, they're fucking so hilariously bad. Like, I make time to watch their games because they are fucking terrible. Here's the thing, right? The thing I can't handle is this, right? What actually, again, as people know from a now infamous clip on the ESL broadcast, I don't often cringe or use the word cringe because generally, again, it's a mad over applied concept. And actually, most times, I think is used in an inverted manner where what mm -hmm. someone does is they themselves are just socially awkward and they then try to like blame the other person for them feeling socially awkward, which never made sense. But one thing that is legit cringe, I've got to say, is right, right now, Baker Mayfield needs to be seen nowhere except an NFL pitch. Like oh, it is a nightmare. Commercials. So dude, yeah. I can't believe this. Like the commercial is even billed. The, the joke of the commercial only even works if he's a brilliant player. Because it's as always just selling out when you're shit and you do the commercial. I know. Dude, those ones hurt me when Dude, I see them. I, no, I almost no, want to turn off. Like, get me out. Get me no, out. but the, the thing the thing is, like... It's, it's like, they've got so... live sports. Better not have the fucking Cleveland Browns on there. I'm not paying for it. I'm like... I'm not the, paying for Hulu. It's Cleveland they've Browns. They've got this really terrible situation because what they need is an authoritarian figure to sort of be coming in and going, like, listen, I need you all focused on the game. Like, you got fucking Odell Beckham Jr. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, though, OBJ. <laughs> little Nico of the fucking NFL there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, you there know, you, you, you got him wearing fucking Joker shoes. And then being told he's got to change them at half time, playing playing the game in literal clown shoes, and then and then after that he fucking is complaining about not getting thrown the ball enough and saying like I just need a chance and gets caught on mic saying that. So it's not even a happy dressing room. And they're the type of prima donna cunts that if you have an authoritarian guy come in and fucking shut them down, guess what happens? Like they're gonna have tantrums. I mean, there was that guy we talked about it on the podcast yesterday. 
uh, who he missed a bunch of tackles. He had a shit game. I can't remember his name. Yeah. A whitehead, and he was playing with it, playing with a cast on his arm. And he went on Twitter after the loss, and within 15 minutes, he'd had his Twitter suspended because he was threatening to fucking shoot everyone, calling them <coughs> crackers, gave out the address of the training fucking field, and then in the morning got dropped from the team. It is a fucking clusterfuck at the Browns, like it's never been before. Like before, they were just bad statistically. So the guilty was... pleasure is how, how what a clusterfuck. It's just it's like it's, yeah. it's cringe, it is cringe TV. You said just the yeah. office. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Panda four twenty. Who are your favourite players in the history of esports and why? They always. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the problem, Richard. It's the same person doing it each time now. So I'm not going to say what I say every time, which is like that's a very broad question. Because I even think he's doing that purpose. He's a troll now, isn't he? Because what he's done is in the past he'd go like, "What would you do if you could make a team out of current phase players?" So then, because we complained, like, "Wow, that's a fucking pretty broad topic." He's like, "What you like about all history esports ever?" It's like, <laughs> he's just done the most vague question ever, and he? So I'll just go very quick. I'll give you two. I'm not going to get, like, again, I should just do an article. I'm going to do fucking ten. So I'll give you two people I liked in the history of esports. One still plays now, the Quake player Cooler from Russia. Because basically, he's just, like, if you get an almost buzz, he's a legit genius. Like, he's a guy who, his brain for the game is amazing. His mentality as a competitor is amazing. Like, he really is one of those people where... He can trash talk you and it will not affect his game whatsoever, but it might fuck your game up. And I know a lot of, funnily enough, a lot of Americans think they can do that, but what they don't understand is they can't do the first part. They talk trash and it affects their own game. So again, these are just all factors that when, when you can do all these things at once, you're just a god. And then I'll say in the modern day, who should I pick for CS for this one? I think, let me think. Tough one. I'd maybe say Kenny S. I think actually, if I look at all of CSGO, I think Kenny S maybe the player who's captured my imagination the most. Because, especially because, mm -hmm. I have to say, I didn't notice this in myself until a few years ago, but fucking hell how young he was at the beginning of CSGO. It's actually absurd that he was that good. This guy was like 18 years old. He was banging everyone's head off pretty much. Yeah, I'll probably say... Um, One of my faves for sure. Yeah, it, it's really hard because, like, again, the metrics are so fucked up because it's like, what's the best from Source you'd pick out? Do you have a favorite player? Exciting ones or like, yeah, guys from Source. Like, what, what am I gonna do? But you know, I, I, whenever whenever RTZ turns on a stream, I'll tune in for that hundred percent. Like, I, I, I love watching him. He's he's a cool guy. I, I love. I was him. like, as a streamer and entertainer more though. Yeah, yeah, but but even even honestly, like you know, back back when EG, you know, had were peak. EG and our and RTZ was fucking in peak form. Like he was he was great to watch. Oh, he was uh, a very good player, yeah. Like, if you like Dota. Um and uh probably in, in Counter-Strike, like in Markalov in 1.6 was fucking sure. unreal. Like what he turned into in that flip side team was kind of like super sad. Um but if you ever watch Markalov play play 1.6, he was like god tier explosive, like everything you could want. Uh, thanks a lot for the question. Some made raisins. What wacky ideas do you know of what would have potentially been added to CSGO, e.g. killstreaks, perchable player cosmetics like in, in TF2? Um, I know, honestly, you have to understand that, like, Valve have definitely had, like, lots of ideas. Um, I always use the example of when they brought in dynamic weapon pricing, which was their sure. entire purchasing of guns was a stock market so the most popular guns became the most expensive and the ones that weren't being used became ultra cheap so we got into situations where you could have smgs in a pistol round and stuff like that and source players were like listen w w you give us a sivar to take this out or we're not going to tournaments i mean they were outraged by it and, and rightly so because it did break the fundamental you know spine of the game <laughs> like the the economy that's sure. That's the, the the spine that runs through the game, economy management. But um, you know, in terms of like any wacky ideas, 
Valve have pretty much stayed away from that. They don't want to make it Call, Call of Duty. They're really reluctant to even introduce new guns, especially after the R8 debacle. Um, while they understand it's something they could monetize, they also understand that balancing is very, very difficult and, and getting it right is um, is tough. So in terms of wacky ideas I've heard, like it's, it's just nothing. I mean... I've got one for you. Yeah, go on. There was it. one that when uh, I'm trying to think what it was. I think it's when they brought up the, the R8. Maybe mm. Sponge famously came forwards and said that he'd heard like a similar launch. story. No, he said he said they were making like a taser or something in the game. Oh, yeah, would have yeah. like electrocuted you and stopped you for a second. Like, and I think he said he was even maybe shown that or something by Valve. Like maybe it was in the beginning of the game. I don't know when they went for something, but like that was implied that that was something they thought about, but presumably didn't pull the trigger on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I heard that too. Actually, I do, I do recall that now that you mention it. But yeah, I think I, was, I can't yeah. remember anything other than that. I was doing yeah, you, that you, basically out. how it worked was just like a taser. Like you couldn't move, <laughs> but you could hold somebody else in place, and they'd be like, <laughs> like that. So yeah, that would have been stupid. Um, but yeah, that's about it, really. Generally, the the game devs are, don't want to be experimental uh, when it comes to CS because it generally gets backlash. And honestly, they kind of like the game. And most of the dev team, uh, the people who are really driving the decisions, they've been in it since the start. Uh, J Dubs, uh, which CS:GO player has disappointed you most in 2019, and what would you say to push him to turn it around? Easily Guardian um right off the top of my head and it's been getting progressively worse when you think about who he is and what he's been capable of in the past the kind of like the performances he's trotting out now to this move this return to navi which has been you know just stillborn it's, it, it, it's not gonna happen they're not you know um in retrospect it probably wasn't the pick they needed but you know it was still better than what they had um you know i i think and and to, what what can he what can i say to turn around Dude, this guy's had a glittering career. He's one of the best AWPers to ever touch the game. He's had tournament wins, I, I think, in small ones in 1.6. Obviously dominated in Source. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, while the Major eluded him in CSGO, he's, he's still won big tournaments there. That's all, it's all he hasn't done, let's face it. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, and I understand why when you hit like 30 or whatever he is, or 29 or, you know, whatever he's he's at now you do want to stick around and be like i'm not going to go anywhere till i win a major like i feel that's what i need to close the book but it's probably you know almost definitely not going to happen and right now you know you got you got your next phase of your life ahead of you and you should probably start thinking about that frankly um you know i think going into 2020 write out that contract thank navi for the time and then go enjoy yourself man have some kids you got a wife you got a fucking ton of money you're a super chill dude um, I know you love the game. You can come back, visit. We'll always have you on an analysis desk. You know, you, you've always been happy to talk to people, even though your English, you know, started out not being the best. You worked on that. Even though you're a quiet guy, you've never shied away from the cameras. You know, fuck it, man. You're going to be beloved by everybody, but I, 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 there's nothing he can do to turn it around now, I don't think. I think it's just the end of the line. Sure. Well, I mean, the good thing about this is I could even give an example that everyone already knows. Obviously, Config. There you go. There's a player I used to think was a meg talent. Yeah. And obviously, I literally, if you want to see what I had to say to him, I fucking wrote an article saying it, basically. The other example we already talked about in the show, I'd say shocks. Because the thing that's the thing that killed me this year about shocks is I understood in the years when he was the serious IGL why his game tanked. 
makes sense. We've discussed already. It's a phenomenon we've observed that a lot of pros don't even seem to have picked up on the pattern yet. But the problem is, what made shocks to me, one of the prodigies of the game was, I've always made this point, him and Kenny S were the players, where if I knew the, if I knew behind the scenes they were motivated and practising, I didn't have to know anymore. In the server, it would immediately show results and they become the best players in the world. So the mm -hmm. fact that Shox just couldn't ever get back this year to being one of the best players, even though he clearly was trying, he looked like actually he was putting in the hours. So like that was kind of shocking to me. And it was it was it was it was underwhelming because it was a person who they go they just imagine, even though it doesn't make sense you could do it, they always just could come back to the top. They could just always get to be the best again. So the fact so the idea that might be over now and this might be the end of the line, and maybe he never becomes one of the best again. That's 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 pretty rough if you fold his career. Yeah. Uh, right, we got a couple more. Uh, God M Magic uh, says if Valve contacted you about the next big update and each you got one feature to be added to the game, uh, what would you like to implement? I'll take the one for the team. Like you got to sort the Krieg out. I did see an interesting suggestion from uh, I can't remember which player. I think said it was it. twists. The one to make what making it semi-automatic is this? Yeah. Yeah. Now, all right. Yeah. Now you're talking. Because it is the fact that it's not just the first bullet accuracy; it's it's the fucking spray as well. Now everyone's got their their head around using it, and it is. I, I don't know if I'll get into the hyperbole. Like I saw somebody say, it is the most broken gun that has ever been in CS. I mean, no way. The rate wins that, and and if you go back through the history of CS, there have been some unbelievable patches. The original CZ used to be three hundred dollars or something. It was all P's yeah. fuck. Yeah, remember the fi the accuracy and the fire rate on that? It turned every orper just like I can miss a fucking shot. Put it this way: bang your head off. Here's all needs to be said. Draw it super quick. They literally hard nerfed the CZ something like three times in a row, and then made yeah. it more expensive, and it's still in the meta. That's yeah. all it needs to be said. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I don't feel that, but it definitely needs to be addressed, and it's making the games a little bit boring. Um, we're starting to see these like overwhelming T sides now more and more and you know CT rounds that are contingent on winning a round and then getting SGs into your yes. fucking CT hands. This That's how OP it is. Even the CTs yeah. win with it. <laughs> exactly. So, it, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's a problem. So that's, that would, that would be mine. Like that needs to be, that should have been addressed by now, frankly. Do you have one? Let me think. What would I like is mine? I'll go with a controversial one. Hmm. 100% reverse the AWP nerf. <laughs> Which, by the way, I can't even lie, probably would ruin Counter-Strike. Like, someone like Simple probably would oh, be... Oh, if I was doing something just to so, fucking be an yeah. arsehole, like, I turn the... I, you know, give me that fucking P90, put 100 bullets in it, make it fucking 100% accurate, and all of them are just one-shot kills. Just fucking, <laughs> there you go, fuck right. your games. Um, but anyway, so yeah, there you have it. Uh, Mike, feed me. What is the next CS event you are truly excited for? Or what is the most uh, exciting upcoming CS event? There's a weekend with like four events, isn't there? Like coming up There's real a lot soon. Coming up, yeah. um, it's like you got the Bahrain event. Uh, what is it like Star Ladder and everything? I mean, listen, I'm really curious to see how the Bahrain Blast goes down, what format they're going to use. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be the same as the one that they have. Um, you know kind of how that's gonna take take off in, in in a part of the world that we haven't had events for you know for all the banging on the blast that we do on this podcast like i'm gonna watch that with with great interest and see see how it pans out but um i'm trying to think man i, I can't even think of the calendar there's so many events i'll, pro I'll probably go with i mean we don't know the team's playing there yet but i'll go with the esl pro league finals that's coming up towards the end in december because like yeah, i'm just a big fan of the one. esl format and it's, yeah. it's gonna have the good teams there it's pro league it's all on land and all the talent yeah that'll be that'll be for me that'll be one of the high points as the year closes that'll almost yeah. certainly be a good tournament uh and then i think this is the last question 
uh, Alice the Alchemist. Uh, hey, Rich, can you ask Thorin what he likes about Aesop Rock and what he thinks of th their of his style, lyricism? Uh, Rich, who is your favorite rapper or slash artist that you draw inspiration from? Right. Um, and we're only giving you one question, Alice, so you can save that other one underneath about the books for next time. All right. Um, so, yeah, well, what do you like about Aesop Rock? I didn't even know you were uh, I mean, the, the only thing I, that confused me a little bit about that is I assume maybe in one of my Patreon, like, AMAs, maybe I referenced, like, some rappers I like or something. But, like, it's not, like, my favorite artist, doesn't it? It's not like I'm a super fan. But I just think of, of, of like, sort of, I would call it avant-garde rap, like, I'm trying to do something a bit different than just rap about women with yeah. massive asses and putting drugs <laughs> into the community which i would consider both negative things but no anyways <laughs> <laughs> both need to be sorted out cut the fuck out just get shape up both of you yeah shame on you go to church anyway no <laughs> i basically just say yeah i enjoy like his lyricism i think he's quite witty with some of his stuff I'm not a super fan like, i'm not a person who fucks laws but basically ddk is the super fan if you want to go and have a if you want someone to come up to you drunkenly and just talk for two hours and you hear about Aesop rock DDK's your man, buy him a beer. And I would just say, yeah, that's it. I just like his lyricism. Quite a witty guy. I think there's a famous stat, like he's used more words than any other fucking rapper ever or something, which sounds actually whack when you say it like that. By the way, DDK told me that, trees of trivia. So I can't remember anything else DDK told me about it, so that ends the question. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough one for me, like, because obviously, listen... Like, one album uh, I, I still bump to this day from back in the fucking day is, like, Illmatic. Like, that album's so fucking stupidly good. Sure. Um, and, uh, but, you know, like, kind of the work that comes after it, it's diminishing returns, right? And, and that's true of a lot of uh, rappers. It's like... Um, you know, when you think about Mob Deep as well, like that's another. Oh, I have to say, as a genre, they are the most pathetic at phoning in albums sometimes and just taking yeah. the money from their fans and not even giving the best effort. You know. Yeah, like when you, you know, when you, when you, when when you like listen to like, you know, again, like when you think about the fucking, um, you know, the story about you know behind Mob Deep and how it was like it was their debut album. There were a bunch of like kids and they got in the studio for the first time. They just sure. had to get them off. The it was like real eight mile oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like. And 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 they kill it, and it's got some of the best tracks of like fucking all time on there. Yeah, think about Wu Tang, Thirty Six Chambers, but then again, Diminishing Returns. You know, there's so many. So it's it's really hard. Um, I've been getting more into kind of like freestyle and 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 battlers and stuff uh, towards the end, but like it, it's really tough. Like you got to go with one of the greats, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's tough. Like and pick any of those albums on any given day, and I would go that way. I also do like what Immortal Technique did. The idea that he turned down record deals and put out his own record, and and again, they might some of the lyrics might be a little bit cringy in in some places, like when you go back. But like something like um, what's that one? Fucking uh, is it uh, fucking Peruvian coke or something or Bolivian? Coke? Yeah, that's a track. Yeah, but yeah. But that, that that that's really good. Like four different verses, four different rappers telling sure. you about how the cocaine gets from the fields to America and police. Corruption. Oh, the actual content of this stuff is amazing. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I always have a soft spot for like rap songs that are like conceptually great it's why oh there you go bobby digital that's fucking unreal mate but that that album bobby digital like when you listen to a track like domestic violence which is you know it starts out with the woman getting in his ear about what a cunt he is and he snaps and he says nah you're a cunt and this is why drops like fucking some unreal bars and then at the end he's echoing the same bullshit she was saying as if they were as bad as each other you know um pretty pretty cool uh and it was i think it was voted like best rap song the the year it came out or whatever and um some some awards thing 
Uh, so anyway, there you have it. Hope that answers it. Uh, right, let's get into uh, one last question. Spot. One last question. We'll watch Doge. Um, I'll leave one. that one. Right. Right, watch Doge. Asked, what's your favorite non-English curse and why? Why is it Coralho? Because it wouldn't be Coralho. Um, since it's, it's, it, he needs to, he should have asked a, a better question. Because it's definitely Curva. Curva is fucking unreal <laughs> yeah. strength. So Kribliat's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like classic. Coralho, because it's not even pronounced Coralho. We nah, say exactly. Coralho. It's like Coralio or something. It's like got a softer uh, H to it. Um, but yeah, Kurva is the fucking best. Like that is fucking. You know, someone says that yeah. to you, they're pissed. It's off. like the more R's they you put into it, the more fucked it is. The situation, <laughs> yeah, exactly as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, so there you have it. Right. So all of them meant to be done. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, course.com, slash RLS. Create an account, show them that you appreciate the podcast, show them that you appreciate them supporting our channel. They're really cool people. They've been doing a ton of content with some of your favorite teams. I'm doing a ton of content over there. You can go to U their YouTube channel, which is just CS. Sign up. You'll see my interviews over there. You'll see stuff that they've been doing with Fnatic. I think they had an interview with Config where we were asking them like cheeky questions about, you know, are Astralis overrated and stuff. So definitely look into all of that. They've got some great content coming out. Uh, and of course, thanks to all our patrons that brought the uh, show back from the dead. $100 patrons, Jerky's Minion, Alice the Alchemist, Choke Me Daddy, which was previously known as Detlef Insomniac, uh, God Magic and Reykjavik on Steam. Our $50 patrons, Benakagi Assassin, But Pounder 420, Carve, Colin Penny, J-Dubs, Madsen, Marcus Kumpar, Mike Feedme, Nemesis, Sard Sawar, Sunmade Raisins, TC Owens, Tobias Bernasconi, and Watch Doge. And of course, shout out to all the other patrons. Remember, $50 or more, you get to ask one of those questions we do at the end of the show every week. Uh, thanks for everybody who tuned in, subscribed, and donated to the Twitch channel. And of course, take care of yourselves till we see you on the next episode of By The Numbers. Peace. Just a few seconds left here, seven, six left, Freiburg goes for the kill, he's gonna pick it up, if Justin says to the right, he's gonna win the round, there's no time!